The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN Podcast. This is a very big episode. And before I introduce you to my guests, I've got to do a pre-warning. Uh, I'm your host as always, Billy. That's not the pre-warning. You already know that. Uh, this episode, it's going to get a bit wild, I think. Uh, we've got some beers out. We've got some possible things we'll discuss that... Uh, we'll just say this. It's going to get sweary. Allegedly, it's going to be used a lot. And... Uh, yeah, we're going to have fun with it. I am joined in this WrestleRopes reunion by uh, the head of WrestleRopes, when it was still active, Andy Scotland. Welcome to the show. Okay. And I'm joined by one half of the K&K Wrestle Factory, a podcast of one episode so far, uh, Kyle Watts, the king of strong Kyle. Hello, it's good to be here. So we set up this, this episode just because we've actually never, all three of us, spoke with words before uh, in this kind of environment, because Andy, you're down Glasgow way, and by there. Uh, Kyle, you're now down there, uh, but we met, of course, at WrestleZone. And somehow all three of us were involved in the wrestle ropes at one time. So that's it. That's just the show. I'll just uh, wrap up there. That's it. Hiya. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll start with wrestle ropes and just, just work our way out from there. and, and uh, pick out all the wrestlers that we don't like as we go along. So, Andy, how did you start WrestleRopes and why did you start it? Um, to be fair, I kind of started it by mistake. Uh, I won tickets probably about 10 years ago to a TNA party in Glasgow. I didn't even watch TNA. I literally happened to tune in one night and they went, oh, we're having this party in Glasgow. Enter here. So I was like, fine, I went to that for a laugh and then I won it. So I went along to that. Hadn't really followed much of British wrestling up to that point. Uh, went purely because there was wrestlers I knew from TNA, like Mickey James, uh, Magnus was there as well. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else was there. Greg Kemper was there and Rob Florence was there. They were one of the reasons that I thought I'll go to this. So went to that. Bumped into a few wrestling guys who were uh, quite big in Scotland at the time. And I basically, after when I left that night, I went home and I thought, I'm going to have a look at this. I'm going to see what I can see about Scottish wrestling. And to be fair, it was pretty hard to find out that much. Um, there was your site, but I couldn't really find out a huge amount about what was happening around about me. So basically what I decided, I, I thought I'm going to set up a Twitter account here. I'm just going to set one up and I'll just basically retweet all these different Scottish companies. Um, I think that lasted about three months and then I was like, I can't do all this through a Twitter account. I'm going to need to get a website. So I basically started a website. I had no idea what I was actually doing. Some folk would argue 10 years later. I still didn't even know what I was doing, but um, But yeah, it kind of started from there. Um, 
I think the first wrestler I actually met that was British wrestling was Lionheart. Because he would have been on that tour then. It was him yeah, and Jeff Jarrett, wasn't it? That's right. So it was him. Um, met him, I thought, these guys are all great. They're all like him. It's fantastic. Uh, I, six months later, it was a case of, nah, no, all the guys are really like that, to be honest. Ten years oh, later, it's the same. <laughs> Good luck, sorry. So ten years, it's the same. Uh, yeah. go, uh, they, they all like that either. Uh, yeah, so, that was pretty much up. That's weird because I actually won tickets to that as well. But I was in Elgin and I was like, I don't know why I've entered this. Fuck, me, fuck if I'm going down <laughs> all the way to Glasgow for a TNA party. Um, yeah, my site was just uh, interviews, I think, initially. And of course, uh, go down to Dundee. And seeing the delights of of uh, Dundee wrestling, yeah, uh, yeah. I think you kind of focused on the north and the sort of northeast at that time, didn't you? Pretty much. I think a lot of my interviews were like uh, like I, reckless tent guys. Uh, pretty much. I I think I wiped them as soon as last year stuff speaking out happened. Not because they were all wrongings, but just because I was like embarrassed by these interviews. They're just mm-hmm. gonna just go. Fuck off! They're, they're out here. Um, so if if anyone goes, oh, why have you not got so and so? It's not because they're announced. It's because I just wanted to delete it off the site. And it's a good time to do both of those things and just get rid of them. Um, so yeah, I thought you were before me because WrestleRopes seemed like the big hub of of British wrestling, and I was like, I've just got my wee corner in Scotland here. I'll speak about WrestleZone and uh, SWV. That's it. Which is a uh, you don't put them in the same conversation about anything nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was it. Um, so Kyle, because you're sitting there quiet, uh, how did you get into, into Scottish wrestling then, or, or British wrestling in general? Um, well, funnily enough, it was Scottish wrestling first. So I'm trying to think. Like, obviously, I've been a fan of wrestling like, my whole life, but it wasn't until. It kind, of, it kind of interlinks, to be honest. I can't remember which came first, right? But I started watching ICW when they were first kind of blown up. Pretty much when they did Fear and Loathing at the ABC was kind of when I started to, like, notice them. Um, I think that was around the time of the Vice documentary coming out, roughly, I want to say. Um, but at the same time, it was around WrestleZone doing the ballroom for the first time. And I was like, oh, cool. Billy Gunn's coming to Aberdeen. Let's go. Um, and I went to that show and obviously from there it kind of opened up my eyes to kind of Scottish wrestling. Not necessarily WrestleZone straight away. I think I sort of saw that as like a one-off show and not what it was, which was, you know, a culmination of their sort of year build. Um, that came a bit later, but then that made me start looking into the wrestlers on the show. So you had like Stevie Boy and all that sort of folk on it. And I was like, oh, cool. Right, where can I see these? Started watching, you know, shows in like Glasgow and stuff. Um, and then was kind of drawn in since then. So yeah, about 2013, I want to say, I kind of got into the sort of independent scene in Scotland. I kind of like that we were doing this then and we're all kind of coming in at the same time because my first show was 2012. Uh, with uh, with Roddy Piper and all that kind of stuff in Perth, and uh, of course yourself, Andy was was uh, about TNA time. Did you go to many Scottish shows before or around that time? 
Andy, can you hear me? Oh, me. Sorry, <laughs> I thought I was still talking. Out. Um, no, until that time, I had never been in a Scottish show. So uh, what was your first one then? Uh, I'm sure it was in Alawa. And I think it was at the beginning of 2012. Uh, it was probably a PBW show because they were the only ones that run Alawa Town Hall at that time. Um, was, yeah. was there anyone on that you particularly remember? <sighs> Was Lionheart there just because he was one that he did? Yeah, yeah. I think at that time he'd probably been champion for who knows how long. He was kind of their guy at that time. Uh, it will probably have been Liam Thompson in the main main event against Lionheart because that was quite a common one. I think he was champion forever. I think he was he was years anyway. Yeah, yeah. But it was just kind of the regular guys that. PBW always kind of used, so you had your Red Lightning, Jack Jester, Lionheart, Liam Thompson, um, your obligatory women's match of Kayleigh versus Carmel, because it was at that time it was the only two pretty much that anybody had on their shows. Uh, Carl, I'm assuming, oh no, you did, you went to the first, uh, so yeah, in 2013, so your first match would have been uh, Carmel versus Kayleigh Ray also. Yeah, in their uh, Lumberjaw match with the Granite City Rollers or whatever they were called. Yeah. Is the, the Lumberjacks. Uh, I don't want to show off. My first one would have been Sammy Jane versus Nikki Storm. <laughs> so, yeah, that was Sammy's first match, I think. Um, Princess Sammy versus Nikki Storm in a very cold Dewar Centre in Perth, which took me fucking ages to find. And, uh, Anyway, uh, so yeah, so we started wrestling ropes. Uh, how did you go about like, getting results? Was it just like contacting folk and just going, what are the results? Or how easy Twitter did you find an, it? Twitter is an amazing thing for uh, results if you know the proper things to look for. Uh, I can't even tell you how many people I used to use as sources. Um, but it, it was easy to find them if you kind of knew what you were looking for. And I think that was the main problem. I think that was kind of what people struggled with. They didn't really know what to look for. Because if you go on Twitter at that time anyway, and you punch in wrestling as a search term, the only thing you're going to pretty much see is going to be American stuff. Um, so it did take a bit of time to find the right people. But over time, I knew who to look for or I knew terms that were the best terms to use to find stuff. Uh, for anything north, it was you. I'm telling you now, it was you that, <laughs> that gave their results. <laughs> Sometimes you were the only person I could find to get anything north of Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know, when, when you kind of took your break from wrestle, wrestle Ropes and I was picking up some of the Scottish results, it was so fucking hard to find. Uh, off the top of my head, BCW were really bad to find. Yeah. And ICW, ICW, I don't know what happened. It seemed to become a secret. I don't know if it's because it's on demand or if they did a wee pre-warning going, don't tell anyone the results. Mm-hmm. Because I could not, it took me fucking days at a time to find results for ICW. And if it had asked Kyle, it, it usually I'd have forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, or, or I just had folk just not reply. Oh, do you want results? Yeah. Well, give them then. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think most of the results I would give you from ICW shows would be like, I think this happened. And yeah. I, I think this person won. But I can't remember. Uh, 
But to be fair, like, when you're at one of those shows, it's actually quite hard to keep track of all that stuff, especially back then when their shows were a bit all over the place, a bit chaotic. Uh, it's, it's the folk that, that send them to me, oh, this person won, this person won, this person won. I was like, that's fine. Do you know what the main event was? Uh, I think it was this. So like, no, I'd like to, because uh, I don't know about you, Andy, I'm, I'm sure you're saying, you like to get in order of the actual card. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I find that really difficult sometimes. It's like, oh, these are the people that won the matches. Oh, do you know what order they were? Uh, something like, no, just... There's a guy at WrestleZone that I sat next to. Well, no, I didn't. My wife sat next to it because I fucking avoided him really quickly. <laughs> Who uh, wrote the results down in a, in a like, A4 lined notepad. And I was like, I don't know what he's going to do with them. And then he stood up. And I, well, I, I was judging him, going, doing this, going... Let's do that. It's weird. As I sat on my phone typing the results on, on a notes app to put up later, it's like I'm doing the exact same thing here. <laughs> but no, he stood up and grabbed one of the posters off the wall before the main event finished and left. Like, How are you going to complete your result book here? This is this is madness. This is chaos. This is awesome. This is horrible. Um, so yeah. So as far as going to shows then. How did you find Scottish wrestling? Oh, no, I know how you found it. You said that. But how did you find Scottish wrestling just as a, as a concept outside of the American stuff? Uh, answer to anyone who wants to speak first. I mean, I'll drop it. I mean, it was... At the start, I think, because I went to the ballroom show first, and that was, like, my first, you know, glimpse of, of Scottish wrestling. And I, I'd seen ICW, so that's obviously a different animal to the rest of it. It... It was a bit weird because it felt really like big, but in reality, Scottish wrestling's not that big all the time. It, you know, there's the odd shows here and there that are you know crazy big. Um, but I was quite impressed. Like I, was, I didn't expect anything out of it. I think it was one of those things that like you see Billy Gunn, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, or whatever are booked on a show, and you go, "Cool, right? I'm going to go watch them. They're going to be good," and then these local guys are going to be absolute pants and I can't wait to slag them off on the way home. But then I was sitting there going, wow, that was actually, you know, really good. Um, I think the first match I saw was obviously Bingo versus Stevie, which was unreal. And then I can't remember what the, the rest of the show was. I think the main event was was Lions and, and Crabe for the title, which is superb. And again, I didn't even know the story going into that match, but from, you know, the, the match itself, it, you know, sort of put it over. Which again was was sort of part of the reason why I obviously got hooked into it. So yeah, I mean I was quite impressed sort of seeing Scottish wrestling. As it sort of went on, you kind of realise, right, maybe I've just seen the all right promotions and there's some that I should probably avoid and some that aren't that good. But um yeah, for the most part I was quite impressed. And I, I think just being able to go to so many shows was quite good. Because obviously with American stuff you get there will be what once a year if you're lucky. So it was quite good to kind of see, you know, shows on a regular basis, even if they are sort of small. Uh, so you're still, Andy? Uh, yeah, it is good to see. I mean, the quality was always there in the ring most of the time. Uh, Presentation-wise, it was all right. It really depended on promotion to promotion you went to. Um, it was very easy to tell what promotions were just using all the same entrance stuff, though because it was basically the same thing that just travelled around the country. <laughs> the different sign above it each time you saw. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it was it was good. Um, I think if you're somebody who'd only watched WWE or 
you know, American wrestling, to come to this, it was a very, very different thing. Very different to what you would expect. I mean, if you walk in and expect to see a WWE show, you're going to be severely disappointed. Um, as time went on, obviously that got better and presentations got better. Um, probably one of the best in terms of presentation just of an entrance was BCW because they do really actually invest in their presentation. Like they had their lasers, their smoke, they even had pyrotechnics to a degree, um, which all adds to the presentation quite well. But starting off, it was okay. But it definitely got better over time. Nah, they've got the big lifted stage, don't they? Like uh, uh, WCW or slash AEW now uh, uh, have. Um, when it came to doing wrestle ropes, though, I mean, of course, you did. You expanded to England, Wales, Ireland as well. What were your kind of parameters for who you were going to feature? Because you didn't feature everyone or everything, even in Scotland. Uh, what were your kind of... Uh, as time went on, you sort of learned who were good and you sort of learned who to avoid. Uh, it was quite obvious that if it was a promotion that you didn't see anybody of the bigger names going to, there was maybe a reason for that. And nobody was ever like totally blank stood at the gate. I would sometimes watch results for shows before featuring them. I'd done it with, I can't even remember what promotion it was. It was some promotion down south. Um, and I think I saw, I was sent results like for three different shows and it was basically the same show they were doing every single time. And I'm like, there's no point in featuring you here. There's nothing actually to feature. You're using the same 12 guys every time. It's the same finishes you're using every time. And also the fact that they were cheap looking. The logo, I swear I could have made one that was better in that sensor. Um, and just they were garbage for talking to. Like, I, I think I messaged them. I'm trying to remember what promotion it was. I tend to forget crap real fast, um, <laughs> which is why I can't remember the uh, promotion in Dundee, allegedly. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I remember contacting them. I think I contacted them through Facebook to start with, didn't get in, went through Twitter, didn't get in, found an email address them, contacted them. And they said, yeah, we'll try and send something over to you. Never go in. And by that point, I was like, you know what, boys, you are fucking done. You're only getting near the site. If you can't be asked to promote yourself, I'm not going to promote you either. That was the worst thing um, when I was trying to, to cover for it when you were away. I was like, I don't mind doing the Scottish stuff because I have to get that for myself anyway, uh, selfishly. But, oh, man, trying to get some of the stuff down. If Cage Match didn't have it, I just... I, couldn't be arsed. It was like uh, Cage match was the last bastion for us. If it wasn't, <laughs> if they couldn't get it, there was no point in even trying. I know. Okay, cage match. Uh, Target were pretty good for putting them on their Facebook the same yeah. night. I was like, yes, good. Uh, but no, if it wasn't on Facebook and it, it wasn't on Cage Match, then you haven't promoted your show well enough. Nobody cares about it. Mm. Uh, that was kind of. Although there is some places that when I'm doing these interviews. That's my that's my research. I just go to cage match, pick out matches, and if I know something extra, I'll, I'll find some extra. But the amount of times I've went, oh, so you you were trained by so and so, and they went, no, <laughs> no, I've been trained by him. Mike Musso was not trained by Dan the Beast Severin. I found out. Obviously uh, not. Oh, 
I was shocked to find this out. <laughs> but uh, no, some some yeah, cage, cage matches the bastion for for all these things, and we were kind of picking up. You end up was the wrestler ropes like number one ranked on Google for British wrestling at one point. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I bet you ain't now. You never know. Have you seen your stats on wrestler ropes? It's still hitting a thousand a day ish. Seriously, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't looked at the website in probably close to two years now. Um, so we'll speak about how we end up all in this together, um, like the same high school musical. Uh, so, which I'm sure Andy is very aware of now having a child. I'm uh, listening to it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so initially, I was I was helping out with giving you Scottish results up north, like like we said. Um, I think we were we were kind of bonded by our dislike for Indie Corner because. They blocked me. Ah, yes. <laughs> and, yes. Uh, I think I was one of your first questions was like, oh, I can help out. And you're like, do you help out in the corner? And I went, no, they blocked me. Good, good, good. Yes, you can help. I can help now. <laughs> um, so so why did you pick us to, to help out wrestle ropes? Because you were the guys in the north. You really, you knew that. There was no point to go on to anybody else, if I'm honest. You knew it. So there's no point. And Kyle fleets back and forth around the country, Aberdeen, Glasgow, like a like a regular John Snow. Yep. Did for a while. Huh? I, I lived on a mega bus for about a year until I just decided to move here. So <laughs> it's my life. I don't get how yourself, Mark, as well. They're all they're always going down. I'm like, I would be knackered. I like. No, it was it was insane. Like. <laughs> To be fair, though, for the most part, I was just working part-time. I, I'd finished college, and I had, like, a year between going to uni, which eventually I never went to, um, but I had, like, a year, and I'd never... I, I wouldn't... I never actually changed my contract at work to go full-time, so I kind of had that flexibility of, like, right, I've got my... such Like, these set shifts, and I would work, like... Oh, I can't even remember what my shifts would be, but most of the time it would be during the week. Um, yeah, it was... I'd work a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? Or something like that, right? And then on the Saturday, I would be like, right, cool, let's get everything ready. Sunday, like 7 o'clock in the morning, mega bus to Glasgow. Because um, at one point, ICW were on the show like every week. And every week I was gone. And it was knackering, the absolutely knackering. Um, and then eventually it went on to, you know, going to Newcastle and stuff like that when they did their shows then there. Um, but again, I met my fiance through that, so I can't really complain too much. But it was a, it was an interesting experience. Why did you go? Why did why did you go down every week? Was there anyone particularly liked, or did you just enjoy the shows? I think I just enjoyed the shows. Like it, there was a period in time where ICW was like nothing else. Like it was, it was such a like there was such a hype behind it. It felt like every show was unmissable. And that's really what sort of put me off it was it became a monotonous TV taping. Like every show was just, right, nothing big's happening here. They're just going to progress their stories in whatever way they do. Um, and then we're going to go home. But at that point, they were like doing like title matches on shows and like, you you know, anything could happen. And I think it was kind of just that, that sort of, 
it wasn't even the wrestling to be honest. It was kind of like everything that came around it. So like obviously me and Mark went down um from from up north. So like he stays in the sticks, right? So he'd travel into Aberdeen and then we'd travel to Glasgow. So I don't know how he did that. Um but then from there we'd then come down and we had like a group of friends down here. And then that was kind of our excuse to see them. So it was like we'd come down, get the bus down at about twelve, get into Glasgow for three, stand in the queue for a few hours, have a laugh, go to the show go back to our hotel, have a laugh there, and then go back home the next day. So it was a mixture of the shows being really exciting and just that kind of, you know, social aspect, I'd say. Uh, Andy, did, did, did you stop going to shows uh, quite a lot? So I, when we were speaking about getting results and stuff like that, you just weren't at them. Was it just growing up life or just nothing really took your fancy, nothing was nearby? What was your... No, it was growing up life, pretty much. To be fair, I was always working weekends. There was no real time to go. Um, so it was more life got in the way. It wasn't a case of, you know, I didn't want to go or anything like that. It was just life really got in the way. And it's very easy, especially if you're doing what you were doing for Wrestler Ropes. You have no time either because you want to get the stuff out as quickly as possible, get the results out. And if you're sitting on a bus after the show and you're working on a on a smartphone, you're not getting the information out there because, again, I, I found that a pain in the arse as well. Uh, WordPress is the most horrible website to work on a phone. Mm. And it, it's getting yeah. worse. Is it oh, even better? Draw well, me back in, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's, now, it's now only using Block Editor. Fantastic. Um, I... Fucking hate block editor. It is the worst thing ever. And because uh, I've got other folk to write for me, they just they uh, put their stuff on the site and they just put it in the, as cla- as like classic, just as paragraphs. And then I've got to go in and it just says block not available. Well, fuck. I remember they were trialing that just before I left, and I switched into it one day. I was like, "It's fine. I'm going to do an article." On that, I'm going to get used to it because they are going to switch it. When I'm there, I was like, no, in fact, we're not going to bother. We're going to wait until we really have to use it because it's horrible. Absolutely I, horrible. I was the exact same. I was avoiding it and avoiding it. And when, when the switchover happened, I messaged Adam. I messaged everyone who, who does writing. And I was like, this is shit. <laughs> if you're not sure about it, just give it to me and I'll put it up. Don't worry about it. I will figure it out. Um, so when it came to like doing, I mean, Kyle, you did you did some writing for me as well. Uh, yep. did, uh, the where where are the where are we where are we now? We're here. Uh, where are they now? You did. Uh, oh yeah. I did that. Uh, how did you find writing about wrestling, uh, especially with Scottish stuff? I mean, I enjoyed it. Like it was, it was one of those things that like I felt like see if I had some see if I have something to write about. I really enjoy it. Like it's really fun. See, try to find something to write about. I absolutely hate it. Worst thing in the world. Um, but yeah, see, just like getting into like, especially like the where are they now stuff. It was kind of like looking into like the more sort of detailed side of things and like actually doing a bit of research behind it. I, I kind of enjoyed that. Um, I think that that was the first time I'd ever really written anything like in that sort of way. Um, and yeah, I thought it was it was quite good. And that, that's kind of why I wanted to. You know, can I keep doing it? I even forgot that was a thing. Like, uh, that was that was old days. That was like 
That was OSW days. That was it was it was OSW TV days when I was trying to latch on to some views from uh, OSW TV, uh, which didn't work. Did, did not work at all because everyone just went. I, there was a guy. Someone recognised me at uh, Roddy Piper when he came to Inverness, and I had this stupid belt that OSW TV on it, um, and the guy went, "Oh, I love your videos." I was like, "Oh, thanks." And then he, he put on Twitter earlier, oh, I met, the, met the guy, one of the guys from OSW Review. I was like, well, he fucking didn't. You met me. That's, sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not Irish, for one. And uh, we're in Inverness. Do you think that they're traveling from, <laughs> from Ireland to Inverness to meet Roddy Piper? I mean, they might, but unlikely. Uh, but, but yeah, OSW TV days, what, what a time. Nobody really understood the, the acronym, and I'm glad I changed it to... Swin instead, but uh, when it came to why did you decide to call it Wrestle Ropes? I genuinely came up with that one night, there is no other reason than that. I was trying to think of anything that was wrestling sounding. I went, Yeah, that sounds good enough, that'll do. We can change that later. Never did. He looked at the indie corner logo and went, Oh, there's some turnbuckles there, there's some wrestle, wrestle ropes. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. See, the thing is, you know what's the most annoying about that? I actually like that website when I first started. I thought, this is a decent website. This is actually really good. I like things on it. And then he was just a total dick to me one day. And that ended that. I, I, did, uh, I did guest spots on their podcast, but it, they didn't tell me, they didn't tell me how long I needed to record for. I wasn't on the podcast. I was recording bits for it. So I would send them like, and I was doing all this editing, fuck knows how, on a PS3. That's how I did all my editing. Because I didn't have a laptop. Um, well, I did, I did have a laptop, but it was even older than this fucking monstrosity of a thing. And I didn't even have a webcam. That's how old it was at this point. And I recorded it on the PS3, and then I ripped the audio off it. And it was the biggest piece of shit ever. And they just sent it back to me and went, Oh, uh, we want five minutes. Well, you could have fucking told me that in the first place. That's fine. Okay, I'll do five minutes. Sent it back to them, and they never used it. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck you. And then, and then I was announced to be a part of Wrestle Ropes, and they had blocked me on Twitter. But then I went into, I made an account for SWA or for OSW TV, and then they immediately blocked that as well. So I was like, all right, cool fine i'm making enemies i've just started this thing that's it must be doing something right um but yeah so speaking about wrestling what what's what's your kind of watching habits now what, what do you end up watching anyone who wants to answer first uh, yeah i'm pretty much just watching wwe right now i'm watching a lot of aew um i'll watch a tiny bit impact now and again but nothing really major British wrestling, couldn't tell you the last show that I had seen even a clip of. Kyle, I think you watch everything, do you? I mean, I try to. I keep up with everything. Like, but WRB is like one of those ones that I feel like, so you try to keep up with it. 
like or watch everything they do in a week is just too much. I think it's been that way for years now because you obviously got your three hours of Raw, you've now got your NXT on a Tuesday, and then there's something every night. Obviously, you've got AW on a Wednesday as well. Um, so I think I kind of pick and choose what I watch. Uh, if there's something that's interesting to me that's coming up, I'll watch it. Um, I've barely watched any AW, um, but I did realize the other day that I'm signed up to AW Plus, which I didn't know. Um, so I don't know how that happened, but I've not really watched much of their stuff. I'll probably be watching their pay-per-view at the end of the month because that looks all right. Um, apart from that, I kind of just like pick and choose random wrestling here and there. Um, High Sports Network is kind of like my best pal when it comes to wrestling. So that and old network stuff is, is kind of all I really watch just now, other than, you know, any sort of TV that kind of tickles my pickle. Am I, am I remembering right, Andy, that you got a free subscription to High Spots? Uh, possibly. I was offered a lot and got very little back, to be honest, over the years, so it's hard to remember if I actually ever got it. Have you, have you cashed out that whole £8 you made on New Japan World? <gasps> I forgot all about that. <laughs> I have forgot all about that. Was that not Rev Pro? Uh, it was Rev Pro, yeah. It was Rev Pro, that's right. I forgot about that. I must check that out. Somebody may have bought a T-shirt and that's another 10 pence to me. <laughs> and I was amazed when I looked at it because clearly you hadn't. And I was like, I wonder how much is actually made on this. So £8. I was like, whoa! Yes! <laughs> let's... There we go. But no, how 10 years you... of luck and £8 back. Yes. <laughs> that seems about right. Uh, how did you find... I mean, you already mentioned, like, a lot of people were dicks pretty much uh, trying to, to get results or to get contacts or what have you. Um, what What's some of the most weirder interactions you've ended up having with wrestlers? I was speaking about the articles, that the wrestlers you had the articles, but to be honest, the who's who of no people we can't mention anymore. Yeah, uh, so. yeah, yeah there's a lot that we ain't mentioning on that list. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, good or bad, what do you want? Uh, I'll start with good. Good. Oh, God. Um, I'll tell you somebody who had a really good interaction with any time I did, and that was Bette Noir. Or Jayla Dark, whatever you want to refer to her as. Um, she was always really, really helpful with any question I ever asked her, um, or anything I asked of her. Um, to be fair, most people were all right. But if you found a dick, they were a total dick. Like, there was no grey area. You never found somebody went, ah, he's all right, but uh, he's not that great. There was only one or the other. You were decent or you were a dick. Uh, so, so who, I mean, I don't know if you want to mention names, but is there any particular person that, this is what people are here for. It's what people want to know. Who was one of the biggest dicks that you spoke to? <laughs> Other than into corner, of course. Oh, well, I didn't speak to him for long. <laughs> um, one of the biggest dicks I ever spoke to was Adam Bowler. Oh, he added me on Facebook two weeks ago. I don't oh, know is why. he still a bit? I, he uh, added me on oh. Facebook and sent me a message saying, you okay? That was it. No no, no question mark. <laughs> Just, you okay? I'm like... Is that a question or a statement? <laughs> He's telling you, you are okay, but don't you worry. <laughs> Oh, I'll, I'll have a pick of the bunch if I ever went to Adam Bowler's show. Um, all right, so Adam Bowler, well, why was he the biggest <sighs> dick? 
I've been going through uh, UKFF recently, just old the old uh, shite arse 50. The old shite arse 50, and oh my fucking god, it is a treasure trove of oh my. And uh, his name pops Didn't he up have his right own off. section in one, in that at one point? <laughs> quite, quite possibly. I'm did sure he, he does. Did he do the uh, Super Clash? Who am I thinking of the Super Clash? Oh, no, that was... Uh... Well, I can't remember his name, but uh, but Bowler was well well involved with him. He loved him. He thought he was amazing. I'm trying. Who was it? He was. Who was it that was supposed to come across for Super Clash? Um, I think well, there was three of them. Wasn't well, two of them that actually happened. Yeah, Liger was supposed to come across for one. Was he not? Yeah, Styles, AJ Styles. Yeah, I think, was actually, for one. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to remember who else. None of these people even had a ticket. Never mind fucking go to a show. <laughs> I'm telling you now, there was never a plan to have any of these people here. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, um, Liger's not here. Here's Adam Shame. No, I'm yes. Shame. Sorry. No, Adam Shame. We like Adam Shame. Here's uh, Alex Shame. Alex Shame. Show stealer. Uh, show so- stealer. I'm very sorry to Adam Shame. Do not hurt me. Uh, <laughs> I mean Alex Shane and his wall of shame. Uh, so, um, yes, Adam Bowler, biggest dick. Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably. So, Kyle, you haven't really ever watched it. We did a bit of training. We'll speak about that, I'm sure. Oh, God. Uh, biggest dick Jeez. you've met in wrestling, whether <laughs> physically or... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a list as long as mine. Um to be fair, right, the only one that's been a dick to me, like, in person, there's probably more as I, as I say this, right, but Bubba Ray Dudley, right, is the biggest arsehole I have ever met in my life. Like, proper prick. Wait, was, he, was he in Bubba Ray mode, or was he taking you backstage to tell you not to boo his, his uh, girlfriend? But honestly, right, <laughs> see those stories, don't surprise me, because it was... I can't remember what year it was. It, was, it might have been the first year I still did the Hydro. Yeah, it would have been, because Kurt Angle was there. Um, Kurt Angle, lovely, nice man. Um, and Bubba Ray Dudley just looked like... I don't know why I'm calling Bubba Ray Dudley. He's not been that for years. But big Bubba, right? He just looked like he didn't want to be there, right? And then every single person who paid good money to meet him, he was just... like It was as if he just... He looked like a bit of shite in his shoe. He was just sitting there like... Right? I remember... I, I don't know if this is like adding on to the, the fact because it was one of these awkward moments that I had with wrestlers, right? It's hundreds of them, right? But um, I went to shake his hand and he went for a fist bump and we kind of met in the middle <laughs> in like this kind of... Cabbage. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that kind of got us off to a shaky start. Um, but yeah, he was just a belly. And he, just, he, he came across like he just didn't want to be there and he just made everyone feel like shit. Um, Devon, lovely. Met him twice. Absolute class. I will add, he was less nice with Bubba Ray. So I don't know if uh, maybe Bubba Ray brings him down a little bit. Um, but Devon, lovely man. Yeah, my wife loves Devon. Just just because every time she sees him on the telly, she's going, oh, that's Devon Dudley, I've met him. That's the, t- that's the guy with the tables. But yeah, I have. Yeah, you have met Devon. That was the same time I met Chris Masters. And Masters, with his shirt off, uh, pointed, looked at her and went, you can stare. And she was like, okay, <laughs> don't make it awkward. Cheers. This Masters uh, is another one I've met. Um, 
obviously like we've met pretty much the same people with, with WrestleZone and their, their anarchy sort of shows. Um, but I remember, do you remember that Five Star Wrestling, which is another topic, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that um, they did, like when it was before this, I think they might have started doing shows, but they were like touring the game around all like, the different big shows. Mm-hmm. So they had like a tournament before Anarchy in like the meet and greet section. Um, and I signed up for it. I was like, ah, why not? Right. Um, <laughs> it was the most uncomfortable experience of my life because um, who was it? Susie Kennedy was hosting it, right? I didn't realise it was going to be filmed, right? So this guy with a camera is like, oh, and Susie's like, oh, so how do you feel to be playing Five Star? And I'm like, good. I've never played it before. Um, okay. And I was playing this guy, and I don't know if you played that game, but it's shite. Um, yeah. And it just drags on forever, right? And <laughs> I was playing this guy I've never met before, and they were like, oh, give us a bit of trash talk, you know. And I'm like, no, I don't want to trash talk this guy I've never met before. Um, and then Chris Masters was just standing, like, directly behind us, just like, just watching, just being Chris Masters. And it was the most off-putting thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, not a dick story, he was actually quite nice, but just a, a strange one, that one. I know, imagine if he came to your house to, to pick up pirated DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wondered how long it would be till Flutter gets mentioned. Oh, uh, uh, as soon as you brought Masters, I was like, yes, we're going to speak about the DVDs. But no, I've, I've uh, yeah, I've met Masters of that as well. I also drove them. I drove them in Edinburgh. And it was the most terrified experience of my life because I had him, uh, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and like one of the co-promoters. It was, it, was rock, it was rock and wrestle when they did a show with PBW in Edinburgh. And it was so weird because Masters was speaking about um, that he would he would sleep in uh, Flutter's on Flutter's sofa or or if, or if there was no place he would just sleep in the bathtub, and it was so weird. And I'm just sitting there in this in this car rental car, just going, oh, I don't want to kill these guys, but this is fucking fascinating to listen to. <laughs> It was oh so weird. Dri- driving for rock and wrestle is easily the weirdest experience I ever had as a wrestling fan. Uh, but as far as dicks, Teddy Biasi, no animal, but we don't want to speak ill of the dead. But Teddy Biasi was pretty bad. Uh, second time I met him, and I was like, I think it was they hadn't organised. It was down Dundee, so shock and horror. They hadn't organised the meet and greet in the in the in the shopping centre, the East Gate, I think it was. Uh, Westgate, Northgate, fuck knows. Um, and they are all rushing about, and I was like third in the queue. And I was struggling, I had a broken arm at the time, so I was kind of struggling to carry stuff and all that kind of thing. And he just looked at me and just went, <clears throat> and I had to lean down to get a picture with him, so he wouldn't stand up. I was like, fuck's sake, Jesus, I'm just, I've got to carry a bag, I've got to carry my, my jacket, I've got to carry everything, just fucking stand up, you know. But um, no, that was a very quick interaction. The first time I met him, he was really nice, because I got a picture with, uh, he, he showed me this picture of him hitting Hulk Hogan with a, no, Hulk Hogan hit him with a chair or something like that, and I, that's quite cool, cool interaction. You're later, prick. But no, Animal was worse, because I went up to him and showed him one of his Hasbros, and he went, oh, if it was in the box, I would have signed it. Wow. Stay? What are you gonna do? How to kill a conversation fucking stone dead is pardon the expression, but like it was yeah, just like all right, and I went to speak to Dennis Stamp. Fucking 
speak to stand by trampolines, you prick. Um, so yeah, mention Adam Bowler, any any awkward wrestler interactions there, Andy? Anytime I met a wrestler, I felt awkward, mate, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> so uh, yeah, anytime it ever happened, pretty much. Yeah, I am is... not a person for interaction with people. I mean, this is only taking 10 years. <laughs> it's, it's the weirdest thing because how, especially what, what we do, how do you interact with a wrestler without, you can't say you're a journalist because we're not journalists. No. No. We don't want to say you're a blogger because it makes you sound like a fucking straw. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to go, oh, I'm a blogger for wrestling because then you just sound <laughs> like a knob first and foremost. But it's weird because we meet so like wrestling guys all know who I am now uh, for good and bad. Uh, but when I go, when I met Lionheart at the last Arganarchy, I was so terrified to speak to him because he, because I mean, like you're saying, Andy, he's just he looks, he's a big deal. That's what he was. Yeah. And from anything that I've I've heard or that, that's just what Adrian was. He was he, he always gave that air of I'm Being a fucking star. man, yeah. Hi. And I, I couldn't speak to him. It's, it's one of the few times I mean, properly starstruck me and anyone that was Lionheart. It's like, I can't. And then months later, of course, he passed away. And I was like, I just wish I took that moment just to go, hi, how you doing? And that, and it was just, I think, I think it seemed to be once, once he went, a lot of wrestling kind of, or Scottish wrestling anyway, anyway, it's kind of went downhill a little bit. I don't know if people lost their passion for it or, um, I don't know what it was, but yeah, it seemed to be Lionheart was the last like pillar and yes. holding everything up into a high regard. Um, so yeah, so we've mentioned worst wrestlers to meet. Uh, I mean, who, who, who are your particular favourites then, whether international or or uh, local? Um, whoever again, whoever wants to kick off. Um, I mean, international wise, like all-time, like, favourite, like, wrestlers and stuff like that. It took me a while to realise this, right? But Triple H, one of my favourites of all time. And I think I denied this when I was younger because it wasn't cool to like Triple H. It was cool to like Stone Cold. It was cool to like The Rock. It was cool to like Jericho, all these guys. It was never cool to like Triple H, right? But I think over the years I've realised he's probably up there as, like, on my Mount Rushmore, he's probably on there. Um, Which can be a bit controversial because, you know, a lot of people don't like him that much or think he wasn't really that good um but yeah he's he's up there in terms of like all-time derby sort of those types um in terms of like on a local level um i mean aspen's always been like top tier local wrestler like he was kind of the person that kind of took it from Oh yeah, these shows are fun to like. No, I really like this. And it, this these guys are really good. Um, so yeah, Aspen Faith's probably up there local wise. Um, I think most of the wrestlers, one guys, to be honest, like I've always enjoyed watching. Um, like again, Scotty Swift is probably one of like I've never seen a wrestler so popular, but only within such like, a small area. Like it's 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 so concentrated. It's mental and like. Obviously, I live in Glasgow now, right? So it's not until, like, me and, like, other people who have been to wrestles and stuff talk about him to people down here that we realise, like, he's, like, the John Cena of WrestleZone is, is how it's been described in the past, right? 
and it's true because like I'll talk about him and people will be like what, what do you mean I've seen him like the square goal once he was he was, he was all right like who, who's he it's the guy with the red hair and I'm like no you don't understand like he is a superstar like he is a a hero to the the Aberdonians um so yeah he has to get a shout out there but yeah I think um Triple H all time sort of WWE sort of style and then yeah Aspen Aspen would be one of my favorite sort of local level and uh, this is, yeah, when you're saying that, they don't understand Scotty Swift. This, because mind when he was in ICW, match would never got aired. They booked him as a heel. Honestly, have you, right? Have you been to Aberdeen? You heel. don't book Scotty Swift as a heel. <laughs> right. It's, I'm, I'm assuming Scotty will listen to this, right? But heel Scotty is the funniest thing ever, right? Because we were talking about this the other day. He's obviously just been a face for so long. Like he's an absolute hero, right? And I remember when he came out the square goal in like 2014 or something, and he was a heel. Right? He just came out, and all he really did was just go. <laughs> it was like, what do I do? <laughs> and he was in his like full wrestle zone gear and all that, like the ultimate baby face, like red hair and all that. And he just came out, you know, which I'm sure that that was similar to what happened in uh, in Aberdeen with that match that we can't talk about. No, it was weird though. It wasn't even that because folk were booing Aaron Echo. <laughs> so, and he Can't was supposed to be the, he's supposed to be the face. So I don't know what Scotty thought coming out. I mean, I'm sure I'll ask him if we do a part three. But uh, when, when he come out going, I'm supposed to be the heel here. But they don't like him. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's, I felt so... I felt so hurt writing that I did not like the match in, in my review because I felt this is this, this is unjust to Scotty. I mean, not, not so much to Aaron, but um, so unjust to Scotty that I've got to write that this match sucked. Yeah, but think of it this way, right? Um, wrestling obviously involves two people, right? So, like, think of it in, in like an analogy of food, right? I love pizza, right? Pizza's amazing, right? But if you put shite on it, the whole thing's going to be shite. So, I mean, that's allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of writing, uh, of course, Annie, you say you did some writing and, and that. Did you find, did you do reviews or did you do interviews? What was your kind of spectrum for writing? I did some reviews and I did some interviews. And I very quickly found out that I needed to find other people who were better at it to do it for me. <laughs> I yeah. was good with putting stuff on a website. I wasn't that great at creating stuff to put on a website. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much I found that same. I, I, I'm so glad Adam contacted me because I was just like... I, I mean, my reviews, if I watched the show live, I found they were better. But if I watched it off YouTube, I, I hated my reviews because I was just telling the story and going... It was all right. It's fine. Uh, but if I was watching a show, then I could get the emotion all that ballot shite out of it. But yeah, interviews. If it wasn't for this podcast, I would never do interviews again. Because I, I, how do you do them when you're so or like you you send them ten questions? You can send them the same questions. You're not gonna. And if they answer the question in the like your second question and your first question, that makes your second question look fucking stupid by asking it. And oh, I hated it. I, I just I hated doing interviews on on the site. But yeah, like I said, I would find find someone who would do it for me instead, and that's what I did. So it was just the easiest way. Um, 
yeah, when you when you find you doing reviews, did you just how were you kind of like a play by play? This happened, or the matches are right at the end, or did, how how did you find writing them? Yeah, pretty much it was play by play. It was the only way I could really figure out how to do it. Um, I tried to put little bits of opinion in as I went, but it didn't really work to be honest. And I would just tend to start repeating myself over and over. And as I was doing each match, it really got kind of it was tedious almost to write them. Not because I wasn't enjoying them, but just I wasn't enjoying writing about them. Yeah, there's always so many ways that you can say the person got the pin and was victorious and they won and they got the win and they got the one, two, three and they got there and you're just like, I what the fuck's the fucking point of this anymore? This is just the worst thing ever. Um, did you get any, any? I don't want to use a wrestling term too much, but did you get any heat for any reviews? No, overly no. No, I didn't really get much in the way of backlash for that, no. Not that I can remember, anyway. Um, I'm quite sure there was one or two reviews that people didn't like, but, well, that's that. It's an opinion at the end of the day. No, uh, it's not cool fact. That's it. I people forget about that in wrestling in general, that what we do as fans is it's opinion. Um, I, I ended up going, well, it was, of course, Dundee, who obviously made, made my website. Um, uh, but, yeah, they... they did not like it when well no that's a lie i got told that my reviews were too positive by the owner at the time not teddy biassi but the actual owner um so the next month i wrote a very honest review that had very a lot of criticism and then was told that what was the point in me writing that if you didn't like it why just why did you bother coming well one i didn't know i wasn't gonna like it until the first match started. So how how was I going to know it was going to be a bad show? And uh, two, you asked me to be critical, so I was critical. And then you were too critical. I got too critical, and then I had to find other people to give me the results because I wasn't going back. A, I wasn't going back down to the shows, and uh, and two, the owner did not like me. So that was that was. Does the owner like anybody? I'm sure he likes the people that like him. I mean, he likes some people, um, but the less said about that, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. But some people he really likes. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly likes people too much. Um, allegedly. He's <laughs> too loving. <laughs> too, too loving. <laughs> He's broke many a heart in his day, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, bravely. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, so so that's the portion of, of the show that you've got to kind of not take seriously, people, if you're listening. <laughs> but it's kind of true. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you say, I mean, you say you had watched wrestling or, or that in the local scene in the last two years. How how did you find last year's speaking out stuff? Um, we won't mention names of people that <laughs> yeah. <were> called out. <laughs> so, yeah. That's all right. Just go on the website. Most of them are fucking there. <laughs> as soon as you asked that question, I think my arse fell out a wee bit. There, I saw your face, and I was just like, "No, we're not right. going to go through a list of names here. We'll just..." Although, like I say, I think if you want to know a few of them, they wrote articles for Wrestle Ropes. Oh um, yes, yes. Some of them wrote fucking series, <laughs> and then fucked off and wrote it for somebody else. So that was lucky in one respect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, how how we I mean, have watched it two years, so of course it's kind of 
I suppose the only times you're updated were either through us winching about it in the group chat. That was probably about it, Ben. I'm going to yeah. guess it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, to be honest, personally, it was quite hard at the time. You know, as you say, we're no naming names, but there was a lot of names on that with people I interacted with a lot of the time. Um, yeah. I think, to be honest, that kind of, I'm not like to say it made me fall out of love with British wrestling because probably I wasn't in love with it at the time. But any little bit of me that kind of wanted to bring back wrestle ropes kind of went away at that point because it wasn't something I wanted to be associated with anymore. Yeah, that, um, was, that was the, the killer for any any hopes of bringing back wrestle ropes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was tough. I'm going to be honest. It was pretty tough. Um, uh, yeah, I know for myself, I spent days deleting stuff. Um, I think I've still got like over 900 articles and stuff in my drafts, just on the off chance maybe Somewhere. one or two of them one, one or two of them get cleared. Um, but yeah, it was it was the worst. As a fan, Kyle, of course, a lot of the people that were named were people you have interacted with or have seen wrestle. So, was I mean, you watch a lot of wrestling outside of, of the UK anyway, but how did you feel about going back to a Scottish wrestling show after all this? I mean, until quite recently, like, I, I was like, nah, I'm not going back. Like, I'm just not going back to a show. Um, I think, especially down here, because pretty much every promotion was affected in some way because there's so much similarities with the, the people who are booked down here. Um it was one of those things that, you know, certain promotions, like things like WrestleZone Up North, haven't really been impacted, apart from, you know, certain imports from down here. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, that was sort of in my back of my mind. Like, unless it's WrestleZone, I don't really want to go back to shows because I can't really trust who's actually going to be there, who's not going to be there, who's actually now actually been, you know, outcast and who's not. Um so yeah, I think it was one of those things that kind of put me off, kind of going back to shows. I think the weirdest part is obviously the time it fell. It fell at the start of lockdown. So it was like, you couldn't just not go to shows because you couldn't go to shows anyway. So you couldn't really have that, right, I'm not going anymore. It was kind of like, oh, well, I can't go, but I wasn't going to go anyway because I can't. So you kind of got stuck in this sort of lurch of like, when it comes back, am I going to go to shows? Am I not? Like, I think... Initially, no one knew how promotions were going to deal with that. So it was kind of an awkward one because you're like, I'm not going to completely, you know, say nah, never. But at the same time, you don't want to kind of support them in case, you know, they turn around and, you know, mess up. And I think that's what it is. It's the trust that was kind of lost because um, it's people, that, you know, that we've interacted with, you know, have seen live, cheered for, all that sort of stuff um, that were kind of all involved in it. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a really weird one, to be honest. Like, it's not until recently that I've kind of warmed back up to kind of even thinking about going back to shows and stuff like that. And here we are to chat about it probably killed that hope. And uh, maybe you'll never go back. But, yeah, that, that's the thing. It's, it's the trust. I mean, I know for, my, I mean, for myself, the only shows I go to regularly are would have been WrestleZone, W3L when they come here once a, a year and maybe SWA when they come to, to Inverness. So generally, generally, it's pretty safe. Um, 
how some of the ones that were used for SWA will be used again, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, so it's kind of weird being in this kind of bubble up here where it was pretty much unaffected. Could um, be this stuff did come out and it was quickly quashed and seemed to just be um, people like trying to, what's the phrase, not burning bridges, uh, axe grind, that's one. Um, and that was it. But yeah, it seemed Central Belt, it was quite a, a rough time. And like you're saying, for timing, it was just after lockdown started and I, mean, I don't want to labour it too much but it was like the day after the one year anniversary of Lionheart part passing and it just seemed like yeah if there was, if there was a, it all had to happen but that had, didn't have to be that day you know it just made it all the more worse <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. I, I think it was it was one of those things that like it had to happen and I think like, if you've been around, you know, that sort of scene, there's certain names that you know have been, you know, doing stuff they shouldn't have. And I think it wasn't until this happened that no one knew the extent and how serious, like, some of the stuff that was actually going on. Because, you know, like, it's one of those things where unless you're involved, you don't necessarily know what's happening. And then it kind of all came out the blue. But I think it was one of those things that, like, the timing of it, like you said, it was like it was like one hit after the other. Do you know what I mean? It was like, right, lockdown, no more shows for the foreseeable future. Oh, by the way, all those people you want to see again, yeah, don't think about them anymore. And it was kind of like in British wrestling, it just kept getting worse and worse. And I think that's really why it's kind of gone downhill over the last year. I know there's not been shows, but certain promotions have been doing the, the sort of behind closed door stuff. And I still don't think that's getting as much traction as it would because I think so many people have been put off by what happened last year. Um, and I think the, the issue behind that really is that not enough promotions have actually had a hardline stance on, on stuff, to be honest. I know we, we keep labouring the point about WrestleZone because, you know, that, that's kind of what, what we know. But, you know, if you listen to any of the guys that are, you know, involved with the running the WrestleZone, they are 100%, you know, stringent about who they're now bringing in and they've sort of made statements and made it clear that you know this sort of stuff's not going to be allowed anywhere near them and I think if every promotion did that you'd probably be all right but some promotions are kind of you know try to cover their own back without sort of naming names obviously. So Some are tied also because there's how much information can they put out because they can't really I was thinking about this. I was at one point. I was wondering about some company didn't were saying this is going to happen, but they didn't put any names or or who their officer was and stuff like that. And then, but my second thought was, have you seen the fans that go to these shows? I wouldn't want to admit that I was doing that particular job because you're just going to get flooded with idiots uh, yeah. contacting you, going, oh, "Oh, the body at the show said that I was a dick." That's part of his fucking job then. So, I mean, I don't know what you're... I mean, imagine the amount of pish, like, complaints they go through. And then they miss something serious because they're going through fucking, I don't know, wee jock, uh, which is a Scottish terrorist type name. Uh, the wee jock going, uh, going oh, I'm, I'm, oh I, can't, I can't believe that the heel, uh, he was bleeding and then he, he, he blood, blood got on my shoe and then... And then, oh no, it's just, oh, I've 
Yeah, I, I think I've tired myself out with my own rant. Was... I think, <laughs> I, I think for the most part, right. So like, I know, like at the start, right. ICW were getting a lot of shit for, you know, how they've handled it and stuff like that, and, and all that sort of stuff. And there's nothing that's ever been proven about stuff, you know, that, that some people were kind of coming out with um, at the start in regards to the run of that company. But I feel like they've actually handled it quite well. And I think now they've ousted, you know, anyone that was kind of involved. And I think the issue was people were kind of worried that they were going to try and backdoor people back in and be like, oh, no, it's fine, right? It's been a year, right? Bring him back in or bring him back in. But I think they've actually done, you know, the right thing. The kind of tapings they've done recently as well are seemingly kind of free from any sort of major... um, sort of controversies i know obviously there's the the sort of feeling of well should they actually be doing shows and stuff like that but that's a whole different topic that's nothing to do with all that um but i feel like yeah it's it's one of those things that as much as i probably gave them shit when like it all kind of kicked off um i was i was very gung-ho with a lot of the, the speaking out stuff like if if your name was mentioned i was coming for you um and by coming for you i mean i would passive aggressively tweet about you um, <laughs> fake tweeting that's it that's but you know, what I mean, like as as much as that is, I think most promotions have actually dealt with it quite well, and and they've kind of actually, especially in Scotland anyway. I know there's promotions down south that have been a bit um, with the people they've got involved, but I think for the most part they're, they're kind of putting things in place to kind of keep it kind of safe, and that's kind of what's won me back over on kind of going back to shows and stuff like that as well. I mean, when we speak about like that trust thing, uh, when we see all the people that were were speaking out about about anyone and everyone. I mean, there's probably still people that maybe shouldn't possibly be where they are in, in companies. Um, but for the likes of, of ICW anyway, we'll just go with that. Because at this point, if you if you've gone this far in the in the listening to this, you know what's what we're talking about pretty much. Um, but everyone that I've spoken to about these these tapings have said that who they've been dealing through and like who they've been contacting, who they actually interact with and it sounds like people that that have got that problematic name are there, but are not actually doing anything with talent. So they're not actually interacting with talent anymore. And like I say, you put in that trust, you see the guys that were calling out these people working at the shows. So clearly something must have happened. Something must, must be there in place for them to actually be working on these shows now. And... Uh, you mentioned ICW not getting as much traction. I think it's because a lot of people are scared to say they're watching. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because I'll be honest. I mean, I don't. I, I put on the site that I'm not featuring them, and that that won't change for a good while yet. I might start like bleeding back their 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 stuff they did um, without the crowd because that seems to be when the line was drawn. Um, but I'm still I'm watching Fight Club most weeks because it's the only chance I get to watch wrestling outside of WWE at the moment. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that fear thing. It's the, it's the cancel culture. I think that's the, the word, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's the thing is like the people who have done the most, you know, I, obviously you don't want to kind of level these things and kind of say, Oh, well that was worse than that. But there are some heinous things that people were doing. Right. And those people have, been completely ousted there's there's no sign of them left there are people that have been you know problematic in the past and have you know done stuff that you know i don't agree with and you know 
I would rather not work with them if I was, you know, involved with, you know, all these sort of companies and stuff. But again, I think they're doing the right thing in terms of, you know, putting the proper safeguards in place and kind of, I think if someone is in a position where they, you know, deserve a chance to grow and, you know, move on from, you know, what's happened and they've, you know, turned a corner and changed stuff like that. Absolutely. Like there are certain things that straight away, nah, like you're done. Fuck off. Right. But there are other things, you know, but it's like, right. Can you learn from this? Can you grow? Can you, you know, become a better person and actually help people, you know, move forward. And if that's the case, then yeah, by all means, I would keep, you know, working with them and, and having those people on shows and stuff like that. And I think that's really what, what's happened. But like you said, with, with like Twitter a lot of the time, it's like, nah, one strike you're out. And for a lot of cases, that is right to do because some people, have, you know, don't deserve another chance. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of the time it is a case of, right, you've messed up. You've clearly shown, you know, that you understand what you've done, how it's affected people. You've, you know, done the right things to come back from it and all that. But it's, it's the people who don't own up to their actions that are kind of the ones you kind of want to keep away with. But I don't know. I'm just ranting at this point. But I, I think it, it's only fair to kind of give, you know, a chance to the companies that are doing the right thing anyway. And credit where credit's due. I don't really give much credit to a lot of people, but I think, yeah, I still be one of the ones that are, seem to be doing the right thing anyway. We'll, we'll soon find out when the crowds are back, I suppose, and if the after parties and things like that continue, because that's that's what I heard. I didn't I didn't know any of these things, but you always heard rumblings of the after parties and that thing. And it, even when I went to that show in Aberdeen, my first ICW show, I was hearing these little rumblings of stories of the crowd, and I was like, fucking hell, I mean, is this... What is it like down there when what happens to the wrestlers on a show? After a show, I leave and I go home. That's it. <laughs> There's no imagine wrestling after party. That'd be brilliant. Anyway, Andy, we've left you left you in the corner there. Uh Sorry. say nothing. Um but yeah, so you're you're saying that yeah, when this all happened, it pretty much killed killed any remnants of wrestle ropes coming back. Uh, but would there be anything anything that might bring it back at all maybe in time who knows like Kyle says let's see what happens in the future um, we'll see it might happen one day who knows there you go there's the, the clickbait clip that I use <laughs> that uh, Andy says maybe so wrestling maybe. ropes return maybe uh, we'll see <laughs> so I mentioned uh, Kyle of course you mentioned Aspen Faith uh, we do have a mutual Possible overbearing crush on uh, on the lost boy Aspen Faith. Um, only possible. Only possible. Uh, I mean, I've got five of his t-shirts now, which is yeah, it's bordering on maybe too many. Uh, I assume you've got the whole set over there, Kyle. Um, yeah, uh, most of them I don't fit in anymore, but yeah, they're, they're still here. They're still here in spirit. Um, I don't think mine would, but the first one he put out with the pigtails, the, the yes. catch skull. That one, it's a large, yet somehow still fits me because it's that soft, uh, goes Gildan style. Yeah. I don't know how it still fits me because it really should not. There's no yeah. right to be fitting it. Um, what what was it about, what was about our, our mutual love of Aspen? What was it about Aspen that kind of caught your eye? Um, I, I don't know. He was just, I 
a bit different. Like, I feel like there's, it's hard to kind of pinpoint, but it was just that it was a bit different. And I think with sort of wrestlers on shows at the time, kind of, it was your sort of standard, you know, family show, you know, you had your sort of good guy, bad guy, it was all this. But I feel like Aspen was kind of like that, that weird kind of in-betweeny um, sort of, yeah, he's a bad guy, but he's he's cool. Like, this is quite interesting. Plus, the style he wrestles is like the sort of sort of old kind of catch style, or at least back then, um, kind of the same now. He's, he's kind of massive now, isn't he? so he's battering people now. But kind of back then, it was all kind of that sort of catch style and, you know, Lot, tying people in knots and stuff like that, which I found quite interesting. It wasn't something that really anyone else was doing up there. Um, so yeah, I think it was just it was just cool, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's pretty much. I was going to just say that as well. Um, this is the the Ask Me Faith love, love portion of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, what is that? It's just out of anyone in wrestling, he's the cool heel. Everyone was either baby face heel, Aspen in the middle with his stool and smacking Len Ironside with a with a belt. I will say though, right? I can guarantee if anyone likes Scott or anything that listens to that, they will hate that we've just said that. That cool heel. I feel that's everything that like wrestling stands for. It's against everything they stand for. I will say though, if if he's a heel at a show, I will still boo him because that's the respect that you give. If yeah. someone's if someone's a heel, although um, didn't we, when we went to Arnarki the year Tatanka was there. Uh, Face Tatanka against Teal Debo. I, I don't think I don't think Tatanka I don't think Tatanka really got a, a chance, did he? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so to be fair though, I, all I remember from that show was, was wait was that the one was that the Tri Counties ladder match or was that a year after? Possibly, I think it was the Tri Counties ladder match. Yeah. Whatever. If it was that year, right? I remember that that match. Best thing ever. See you when Aston won the title. Oh. That that balcony was bouncing. Oh, the balcony! I missed the I, balcony. I, I just remember um, Clunas coming up to us at half time and just sort of peering over the corner. Was like, "You like that, yeah?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "I was watching this." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> um, yeah, and he had his oh, is the white gear? I could talk about Aspen all day, to be honest, and nothing could really stop. Um, but yeah. I know how, how how much are you wanting to to get a hold of the Zoom link when I'm speaking to him tomorrow? Ah, I'll jump in. Why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair though, right? Um, I don't think I've ever actually interacted with him um, in person, but which is probably a good thing because I get really awkward in wrestlers. Um, like, I don't think I've got a, I don't think I've got a story about a wrestler that's not awkward in some way. Like when I met Scotty Tohoti and spoke in detail about his fatal four-way tag match at King of the Ring, 1999 or something like that. Because I'd, I don't, I'd just watched it on the network the other day and had nothing else to say to him. And he was, it was just this random match I've picked out. And he just went, yeah, that was, that was really good. And looking back at it, I was like, oh, what a dick. We'll pause that because I have many stories and we'll, we'll round table it. Oh, you said, Andy, you said that you, you had lots of awkward interactions with wrestlers. Uh, what what is there a peak awkward that you just went? I I never want to speak to anyone again. Um, oh, there's many. 
Oh, there's so many. I was going to say pick a couple favourites, but that's not the really. That's <laughs> possible. You know what? Wrestle Ropes nearly never get started at all because of awkwardness. Because of that TNA fan party, I met Mickey James, and I have a photo with Mickey James, and I swear it is the most creepy looking photo of me you've ever seen in your life. Because <laughs> basically, I'm in the basement of this club. I am roasting hot, so my face is bright red. It's a very dark room, and somebody's just taking a photograph of me with a flash. So I've got this bright red face and these eyes that seriously look like there is no soul behind them. Wait, wait, did you yeah, get the hover um, hand? The hover hand in as well? Uh, no, 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 I didn't hover hand. And neither did she, from what I remember, actually. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Uh, but that was before she was married to uh, Magnus, so... Oh, man, there could have been a chance. There could have been a chance. Yeah, no, no, there could not be. I've got this. If she'd seen that photo, believe me, there would have never, ever been a chance that I would probably have been allowed within the same city again. <laughs> uh, um, I, was, I was so glad I'd never met Mickey James. She was supposed to come to Aguilarica one year. It was replaced by Melina. Uh, I think for her safety, it was probably best that she didn't come. Um, yeah, anyone else? Um, awkward... Not really awkward, but unusual. I had spoken to Beth Noir numerous times online, but I'd never actually met her. And numerous times when we were at shows, we were like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see each other. And then I'll, I'll say hi to you at some point. And it just never, ever happened. And then once I was in... Where was it? It wasn't Motherwell. It might have been Johnson. Or Paisley. No, it was Paisley. And I don't know if you've ever been in that venue, Kyle, you might have been at. Um, it has, like, not a balcony, but it has a raised-up section. And when I say it's raised up, this has two flights of stairs to get to this raised section. It's probably at least 50 feet in there, this raised section. So when you look up down on the ring, you can actually see right over the stage as well. <laughs> so it's really weird. Anyway, so... I said, right, I'll meet you over there. She's like, oh, where are you sat? I'm like, oh, I'm sat in the balcony. And she was sat at the merch tables, so I could see her very, very far away. And I think, to be honest, she made sure that she was definitely meeting me that night because when I came down the steps, uh, when it all wrapped up and I was walking, she literally ran from the merchandise table to the ring and grabbed a hold of me. And I swear, it, it was like being speared near me. It took me everything in my power to stay on my feet when she grabbed me. I thought they were going to say, punch her. No. <laughs> Fight or flight! Fight or flight! <laughs> yeah, I telegraphed it as she came in. <laughs> but no, that was awkward, but awkward in a good way because it was really good to finally meet her. But yeah, she was determined that she was definitely meeting me that night. And whoa, she's fast. So, ladies man, Andy there. So Kyle, you, you teased us with a couple there. Who, who else is up there in your most awkward meeting list? So we've done Bully Ray. Um, we've done Scotty Too Hotty. Um, there's, there's a few like just situations that just make me die inside, right? Like when Billy Gunn came to Aberdeen, right? So I made a sign for him, right? And of all, you know, the, the Billy Gunn characters, catchphrases, all this, I decided to go with the one Billy Gunn on my sign, right? 
And I remember just holding this at the like I ran to like the the barrier and I sort of held it as he looked at it. And he just kind of looked at it and just sort of just went and just walked. <laughs> I just remember being like, "Yeah, why did I? Why did I pick up <laughs> the one of all the of all the catchphrases?" Um, I mean, there's loads of them to be honest. Um, Speaking of ICW kind of after parties and all like that, um, it was after, like for context, I don't drink, right? So after one of the ICW shows, we went to the cat house purely to meet wrestlers. There was no like, oh, let's go have a good time. It was purely just to meet the wrestlers. So we ended up like meeting Doug Williams and I think we met Jimmy Havoc and it was really awkward as well. Um, yeah, I feel like, Anytime I've met a wrestler, it's been uncomfortable in some way. Um, speaking of Aspen, actually, there was the time that we were getting the bus down to ICW and he was there waiting for the bus at the same time. And we both knew we were, like, we knew each other. And I didn't want to speak to him because I felt awkward. So we both just sort of stood there about three feet apart, just going... <laughs> and, yeah, that was that was an awkward one. Um, but, yeah, any, anytime I've met a wrestler, it's been uncomfortable in some way. There's probably more I can think of. I, I can't think of the top head. Right. I'll, I mean, I've, I've mentioned the Lita one before, so I won't go into that one again because that was the worst thing ever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've got Billy Gunn one as well when I met him and went, oh, I've, I liked everything you've done in your career, even the smoking guns. Didn't oh. Need that. Didn't need to add it. Don't know why I did. Uh, Hacksaw was really nice. Uh, but, yeah, that was, that was my, one of the first wrestlers I met, so that was bad. But, yeah, Lita was particularly awkward when I said that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, she could put my name on what she's signing because I wouldn't sell it on eBay. And then also included that I couldn't find a Lita t-shirt of hers. I couldn't find a t-shirt of hers on eBay. That's why I was wearing a Hardy Boys one that night. Um, but no, just meeting wrestlers in general, even meeting guys like Scotty and, and Martin and that, I, I just find it incredibly awkward that they know who I am. And I'm just like... See, that's the, that's the weird bit, like... See, if, to be fair, when you're meeting like a big like star, it's usually fine because they don't know who you are. They're meeting loads of people; it's fine. But it's when you go to shows at where you've spoke to these people on Twitter or you've like spoke to them in some way online, and then you're like, "Do they know who I am in person? Like, do they recognise it's me?" And you kind of do that awkward thing of like, "Do they? Do they know? Can I speak to them?" It's a whole thing. Um, I've not had that much of the wrestlers on guys. To be fair, like they that they're usually just a good laugh. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's just. I, I think that's the bit I'm excited about coming back to shows is seeing all all the wrestling guys and seeing just people again, just people in general. That sounds uh, very sad, Billy. To be honest, you know what? I am one of the <laughs> most anti-social people ever. I am very. I've been. I've been working at home since March last year, and I've been very happy with that. But even I've gotten to the point sometimes where I'm like, you know what? I'd quite like to see people. Just in general, and then and then I think about it too much. I go, ah, no, I don't, I don't like people. Why don't, why don't I do that? But even that's starting to creep into my head. Um, but yeah, outside of outside of wrestling stuff, how, how have you guys been keeping yourself occupied? Of course, Andy, um, you just say you might need to drop out at some point because, of course, you know you've got a child. So yeah, has that pretty much been your life uh, outside of work during lockdown? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I she uh, takes up the free time that I have. Uh, but yeah, that's probably another reason why Wrestle Ropes wrapped up was because 
the spare time that I had before, I didn't have anymore. I couldn't stay up to two, three in the morning to write up stuff for the website because I was knackered, to be honest. And I thought that would go away, but it turns out that no, this is just life now. Yeah, that's that's the fun part. Kyle, how have you been keeping yourself occupied? Um, well, I've been lucky enough to be working the whole time, sort of through COVID um, and lockdown and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, I've, I've not even worked from home like a day as well, which is the funny part. I've pretty much been in the office the whole time. So um, nothing's really changed for me that much. I'm still as busy as I was. Um, I started streaming um, probably last summer, just as kind of the lockdown came into like a full swing of like, yeah, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so I started doing that. Um, and started making YouTube stuff as well. So that's pretty much how my spare time has been kind of going, to be honest. Right, so we're going to say goodbye to Andy for a bit because I can hear the knocking in the background as well. So I think you're being called. Uh, but yes. thank, thank you for taking time to speak about wrestle ropes. Uh, um, we've, we've, all three of us have, had, have shared this little journey of wrestle ropes, even though yep. me and Kyle came in and killed it. Uh, but, no, no, <laughs> no, you made it better. And then but, I killed it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll leave you to get to get away. But yeah, th thank you very much for for taking the time to be with us. Not a problem. I'd actually love to do it again sometime. I'm sure we will. <laughs> if we're still all here and allowed to. <laughs> but no, I'll, I'll leave you to it. I'm sure me and Kyle still will speak about. Sorry, we'll, we'll slag you off for the next couple of minutes. That's oh, fine. that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's probably happened plenty of times. Cheers, <laughs> guys. Right, see ya. See ya. Cheers later. Right, he's gone. So, uh, so anyway, uh, but, so yeah, you, you're doing streaming. That's your yeah. your thing. Football manager, if I if I know rightly. Well, yeah, um, I've kind of given up on that. Um, not the streaming, just the football manager side of things. Because um, I don't know if you you've known me for long enough, Billy, to know that um, I struggle to stay passionate about one thing um, for a long period of time. Um, so I'm very all in on something until I get bored of it. So I think that's, it's not even that I've got bored of it, to be honest. It's just that it doesn't interest me as much. And I think it was a good way to kind of get in to this side of things, you know, streaming and, and making YouTube and stuff like that. But I think I've got a lot of ideas that I want to do, but I've kind of pigeonholed myself into this one thing. So I've kind of taken a bit of a break just now and then, uh, you know, kind of going with a more broad area of uh, content, mainly around wrestling. I uh, hear that football manager is seen as, uh, as political as, as fuck. It's just... Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, it's, it, oh, wait, I wish I could even, like, explain... Like, I wish you could understand, like, just how mental it is. It is very much like wrestling um, in the way that there's guys who are, like, at the top, right? And they kind of, like, think they control everything. So, like, they, they will know everyone, right? And to the point where, see if you put, like, a negative opinion on Twitter about certain um, streamers or whatever, they will call you on Discord and ask you what your problem is <laughs> and sit for, like, three hours just, like, talking to you. Oh, um, for context, um, and this is fun, right? Because I've not really spoken about this on Twitter because I don't want a Discord call. Um, but... They're not listening to my pod the, the podcast about Scottish wrestling. Right, um, I'm going to put the light on so people can see my face for laughing. Could, but you, a second. Do that. That was fucking graceful. That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. um, 
But yeah, so recently, um, loads of tweets came out about this this streamer, right? It, or it wasn't about him; it was tweets that he had posted. Um, you know, using you know homophobic slurs and racial slurs and stuff like that. Automatically, in my opinion, you're you're gone, and I feel like that's the opinion of most same people, right? However, he's also involved in this. Um, tournament that gets streamed on um, Twitch that's ran by one of these big guys, right? Um, and it's got sponsors and stuff like that, and it's a big thing. Um, and when it was called out, one of, my, one of my pals, he tweeted about it and got brought into a Discord conversation with the guy who runs the tournament going, right, who's behind all this? Who's leaking all these tweets? Um, not, oh, right, let's get rid of this guy. It was more like, who's done this? And then he went on to explain how it's affecting his sponsorship for the tournament and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's a shit show. Um, much like wrestling, to be honest. Oh, nothing worse than putting out your opinion and getting slagged for it. Um, right, well, actually, I forgot to ask Andy any of the questions that we got in. So, <laughs> But to be honest, I don't think he would have been able to answer them. Um, so the guys at Pro Wrestling Journey podcast, which are based in Lossy, which is very nice because that means they're up the road. Um, they asked which Scottish independent wrestler would you love to see debut in NXT UK? Oh, I mean, I'm Aspen. These, these answers, Aspen, yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the easy answer there. Um, and of course, I mean, the question again, Andy wouldn't be able to answer was Scotty Swift. I know, Scott, you, you, you've made it through an hour and a half if you want to hear the answer to this question. Uh, it's just asked, are you going to stand your hand and get him front row to seats to the first WrestleZone show back? Absolutely. I've already got this in my head that as soon as they do the first show, um, as long as I can be there, um, which I should be able to, um, I will buy two front row seats and one will be spare for Mr Swift if he would like to sit with me. Uh, we'll be like, you, Swift, me, Mark. Uh, I mean, if, if Kelly wants to come, she can come if she wants. But if, if, it's, a, if it's not a rumble, I don't think she's going to care about it coming that much. Well, to be fair, I've been trying to get Kelly up for a uh, wrestling show for the longest time. Um, I think it's just never happened, right? But I don't think she gets it. <laughs> so it's really funny because she's like, who's this guy? And I'm like, oh, that's this guy. Explain the whole backstory, and she's like, all right, don't like him. Okay, right. Um, so I would love to see her opinion on WrestleZone because she's just brutally honest a lot of the time. And I would just be sitting there going, no, I like him. You've got to like him like that. No. <laughs> oh man, uh, that, that yeah, I would just kind of break your heart. Is, is this worth it? Is this <laughs> seeing a uh, sister? going, just sistoing about and be like, oh, this guy's so funny, he's, he's a sisto, uh, oh, I don't like it, get out. To, to be fair, <laughs> I, I, I did, I don't know why, but I put on a super executioner promo the other day, right? And it was just on the big telly, and she just walked in and went, who the fuck is that? And I was just like, oh, that's super executioner. She went, why is there a gimp on my telly? And just walked away and I was like, oh, God. So, so for anyone listening to this that might be listening to the Aspen Faithful next, uh, I'm going to ask him about that because that was the thing just before lockdown that he revealed that he was the first super, super executioner. Even and, I didn't know that. And that just... I know. Did we, I mean, me and you and everyone else who answered felt like dicks because we just went to cage match and went, oh, first match against Chris Archer, Summerhill. Oh, we're so smart. And then it's no, 
He was the first super executioner. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't even know that, and uh, I'm quite clued up on all that stuff. Um, no, I'm so excited for Spooky Dasman. I really am. It's just, I, I don't, I think I might be too excited. I think that's why he, he cancelled the first time. I was too excited. You're scaring <laughs> him off. That's what it is. You're, you're scaring him off. I know. I'm just like, no, no, just let me speak to you. But no, um, I speak of awkward meetings with wrestlers. I, I had one with Aspen as well. I was after the Union Square show and uh, I'd been there the whole day because, you know, I was single at the time. Um, and afterwards, I was sitting in the Costa in Union Square and I was seeing Aspen speaking to someone, it might be Sammy or, or what have you. And he just walked up to me and went, oh, uh, someone was saying you wanted to speak to me. And I just turned around and went, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, okay, then I walked off. And then I just, like, just went, what? What did I do? What? Why? Why am I here? Uh, I was just, uh. yeah, that's a that, that's a good one to be honest. Just no. <laughs> no, that's that's why he's not coming on the podcast. That's it. I've, 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 uh, he's, he's still he's still feeling a bit slighted by me. Just going no. To First impressions. This is a man that I've cried over for fucking falling out of the Regal Rumble. Were you there that show? I think you were. We're in the same row, possibly in the same row, where he uh, went over the top rope last three and then slipped on the apron and fell out. I might have been. I can't. I feel like he's just had so much issues with the Regal Rumble. I can't remember if I was at that one. I might oh. have. Because I feel like I went to pretty much most of their big shows until I kind of moved down here. So it kind of depends on what, what the time frame was. Uh, 20, I want to say 16, but I could be totally I, wrong. I probably did go if it was 2016 because I was still in Aberdeen at that point. I think they were announcing the guest and uh, I think you were there because I think we were, I was, I got into a conspiracy theory that it was going to be Kurt Angle for some reason. And it wasn't, I don't know, I can't remember who they announced at the time, probably Chavo Graham or something, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, it was like, oh, it's good. it was Hurricane, that's who they announced. But uh, yeah, I was, I was like going, oh, it's going to be Kurt Angle. I think it's going to be Kurt Angle. And then, I mean, I like Hurricane, but that's stupid. It's not quite Kurt Angle, yeah. It's not quite Kurt Angle. No, right, so before we just, just ramble on, you started your own podcast then with Kaylee. Yeah. Uh, K&K Wrestle Factory. That's the one. Why? Um... <laughs> uh, not to shoot on anyone, um, but um, I went on a podcast um, just for WrestleMania, um, and I just was like, I could do this. Like, you, you know, one of those experiences where you're like, oh, right, it's not that hard. Um, and Kaylee, being the supportive fiance that she is, um, was like, yeah, we're doing our own one. That was shite. And I was like, I didn't say that. I'm, I'm not going to say that. I thought it was actually quite good. But she was like, no, that was shite. Uh, we're done our own one. Uh, and I was like, okay, right, that, that's fine. Um, so yeah, essentially we just kind of started it. And it's kind of more of an excuse to kind of just chat wrestling. Because obviously we'll sit and talk wrestling in the house and stuff like that. But it's an excuse to kind of get together and have even like friends and stuff on, like Mark and all that sort of stuff. And to kind of just have a wee chat, have a laugh. And I think wrestling's kind of the loose area in which it kind of falls, but we'll probably end up, as it goes on, speaking about, you know, absolute nonsense, to be honest. Um, but yeah, we've done our pilot show, um, and then sort of things came up recently, so we haven't been able to do it, but again, um, we're probably going to start recording again 
sooner rather than later and over the next few weeks you'll start, start seeing weekly episodes so yeah that's the it's the plan anyway yeah pretty, pretty much you, you realize that any idiot could do a podcast proof uh i mean as soon as i did one with with uh, mickey vago a couple of weeks later he was contacting me going oh how did you do how did you set a podcast and he's got a great podcast which puts oh, me to shame i love i love mickey's mosh pit that is superb it is just Especially, especially when, when it gets thicker and thicker accented and you're just watching it going. I mean, I, I think you said Kaylee watches and does not understand what's happening yeah. or what's being said because it just becomes a drawl of Aberdonian slash Chukter. Pretty it's, much, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And plus we, we've got drunk Scotty Swift, which I can, oh. I can only dream to get for, for season three, maybe. On- Honestly, see, since he started just not caring and just speaking his mind on stuff, brilliant. That is my favourite thing ever. Anytime I see an interview with him, I'm like, click, let's watch this. Woken Scottish Swift. It's not even woke. It's just, he's just sitting there just going, I, I, I'm, I'm happy never, uh, just doing my thing at WrestleZone. Fuck everyone else. This is just great. And we all enjoy it. I, I, don't, I don't blame them, to be honest, because there is this sort of, superiority complex that happens in the central belt where like if wrestling happens anywhere north of like Glasgow it's like oh it didn't happen and then that's kind of how it's been for years and like I remember when I first like kind of started coming down here explaining to the guys down here yeah like wrestlers don't do like 1300 people at the ballroom and they're like oh okay never heard of that before I'm like yeah exactly (laughs) like apart from probably fear and loathing and maybe even like maybe the Barland shows and stuff like that. Those were like the biggest shows in Scotland for like the longest time. Yeah, I, I think that's why I did I did this anyway. I did all this WSWTV pish and it was just to, to really show that there's wrestling up here. Yeah. There's wrestling up here. And every time I see an article going, um, well, it's not so much now because there's not that many folk left to do this. I think it's just me. Like, I think that's about it when it comes to, to Scottish wrestling anyway. But you'd always see things going, oh, you see all these big companies, you see all these companies drawing big crowds like so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm just bringing it going, right, WrestleZone, WrestleZone. Haven't mentioned WrestleZone. So, what the fuck? They've drawn, I said once a year, they draw over 1,100 people. I think that deserves a mention at some point. Um, yeah, that's, that's just... That's, that's, that's why it's nice that I mean, like yourself, you're you're from up here, and and I run a thing from up here, so I get to put out things that other sites don't because they don't realise that past uh, I don't know any road names, but past Glasgow there is actually wrestling that happens. Yeah. So that's just the thing. Like, there's a strong scene as well, and this is kind of what I like when people ask me about WrestleZone. It's kind of I don't know if the guys see it like this, right? So I could be completely off sort of, you know, what they're really going for. But to me, it feels like a territory rather than a wrestling promotion. Like, they do the small towns, they build towards the big shows in the city, they have the roster that's built into that local area with local talent, and then every so often they bring in external guys for a run. And it's kind of how the old territories used to work. Like, the, the biggest one I'll always say is with Jester when he came in and sort of won the title and had that feud with Crusher. Like, that is what they do so well. 
is they'll bring in usually a heel or a bad guy to not be a smart um, from sort of a bigger promotion down south or like Glasgow or something like that, like you know Jester and all that sort of people, and then they'll put, they'll build them up, build them up, build them up, and eventually one of the you know local guys, Scotty Crusher, whoever, will get a win at the big show. And you know it builds it builds a promotion. You know they're not you know messing up anyone they actually work with, um, and yeah, like it's just it's refreshing because nothing else is like that. Like there's nothing else in the UK that is like WrestleZone. I feel like everything else on the Indies is very much the same people in different places, whereas WrestleZone it's like a unique roster of people, and then yeah they bring in some names every so often, but yeah and I like the way they run stuff as well. Like I feel like there's class to be honest yeah and and, and like you said the territory th- stuff they've all got I think everyone pretty much has a storyline or has a character or has something about them um, yeah. I mean I, I, that yeah Crusher Jester is one of my absolute favourite WrestleZone storylines actually probably in, in Scottish wrestling in general or British wrestling so don't watch much stuff outside of Scotland but, uh, but things like just even their fun stuff like uh, Mixed Marshall Allen is still oh, brilliant even though it was, it was I think it was just months after uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett's double M-A, uh, J-E-F-F, double M-A uh, stuff. <laughs> so it was clearly a parody of that, but I, I loved, I, I so hope, I mean, for those that are listening, hopefully I'll know by this point, but hopefully I'm going to get Jeff Jarrett on this podcast. I'm absolutely going to ask about uh, double M-A. And that may be the end of the podcast from that point onwards, because... How can you top speaking about Jeff speaking of Jeff Jarrett about his MMA career? <laughs> Allegedly. I, think, <laughs> I think as well, like just the way that WrestleZone is and, and the way it's ran is just sort of different to everything else. It's, it's miles above everything else. Like they they do a lot for kind of, you know, the local community and you know, they're they're not in it for themselves, I feel. Do you know what I mean? They're they're in it to kind of bring this to to Aberdeen and even the small towns, they don't need to be running, you know, Newton Hill Town Hall, do you know what I mean, for like 50 people, but they do. And obviously, that might be the best thing that happens in Newton Hill all year, do you know what I mean? Like, it's little things like that that are really good. Um, and yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things. And the, the one that always gets me, right, is see when they bring in a big name, it's a big deal. Like, obviously, we know what it's like, but they'll have them on the local radio and stuff. Like they'll, they'll, it'll be like on TV on like STV news and stuff, like that sort of stuff. You don't really get with our promotions, and that's why it's always mental to me that it doesn't get the recognition that it deserves because no one else is doing that. That like, that was my first. As soon as, as soon as we were starting to think about it, I was going, yeah. The, when they bring in someone, they, they always get them picture of the Iron Brew uh, on the on North Sound One. Uh, that day or something like that they, they always they always treat their guests like a big deal and oh, yeah. they'll want to come back and they always give it high praise and I think um, I can't remember if it was on a podcast I'm sure Devon um, or maybe it, just, it was just on Twitter but he would he gave wrestlers a bunch of praise because they pretty much treat them like a fucking Hall of Famer before he was even in the Hall of Fame because yeah. it's once a year they bring in these guys so they're going to treat them like royalty um 
but no, this, this sorry so everyone listen this is the back half of of uh, the podcast where we just speak about WrestleZone for the next fuck knows how long because WrestleZone is the best and this is how this is how this is how we got together and and formed some sort of friendship of wrestling related things it's it's funny because like see earlier I was kind of thinking about kind of the, the story of like how I got involved with like wrestle ropes and stuff and I genuinely don't even remember how it happened like it seemed like it was out of the blue because I, I started like you know writing stuff for you but I don't even remember how that happened like I don't know if you just like put a thing out on Twitter being like oh does anyone want to write something and I kind of went yeah sure I, I don't know if that's how it worked or I don't even remember like that I just remember doing it like I don't remember any of the like build up to it um, which is well it was a long time ago to be fair yeah, I yeah, I'm exact same. Like I was trying to think, like how we even met, what show we met at, or how did we even start speaking or anything like that. I think it was just through Facebook or that. And then was it was it the Mick Foley show, Christmas Chaos, maybe? Might have been because I remember going to that show, and it's one time I've done it. No, one of two times I've done it, and I felt like a dick for it. I it wasn't my fault, but. We came to Aberdeen, and uh, before we left, Kelly had asked, she went, oh, have, have, have you got my hoodie? I went, no, oh, it's inside. And then we left. And it was December, it was November. And we arrived, and she went, right, okay, I'll get my hoodie, and we'll just queue up. I went, why, why would you have that? It's still in the house. That's right. And I, it was partly it was my fault. So I had to donate my hoodie that evening. And it was fucking cold. So I saw you near the front of the queue. And I was like, I know, I think I, I know Kyle well enough to maybe just hang about the front of the queue, <laughs> get in, and maybe not be so cold. Um, but yeah, that and and of course the balcony. The, the balcony. Ah, oh, that that makes me so sad that they're not likely to run the ballroom again. Like, because that balcony is the greatest seat. I've ever sat in at wrestling. Like, it's the perfect view. It is just outstanding. I know. I made the year they put the sound desk there, and I was furious. And and I had to... My favourite part about it was the fact that I used to get really good photos as well, because it was perfect. You get the whole sort of crowd shot. It's the perfect angle. You could lean your phone on the the wee barrier. I know, I wasn't quite the same when I went, went to the left one year and uh, the light was just, just wasn't the same, wasn't right. It had to be straight on and, yeah, the bastards put the, the, the sound desk right in front of it, right in front of the seats and I couldn't sit there anymore. And I actually whinged to Martin about it. I was like, you put the sound desk there? Why do you, you know that's the best seats. Why, why have you done that? I remember one year um, Martin was on the door with sort of tickets and stuff and uh, I was like getting my ticket taken and he just walked past and he went, your seat's free by the way. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and just walked straight to the balcony. So there you go. Best time. Uh, but no, uh, rest is on. But you say they run, they run the small shows, run the small venues and that. I don't know if it's if it's just because I've, I can't see no wrong in them because they haven't given me a reason to. But I, I remember going to a show like the week after my dog was put down and it was like the best show ever. It was in Keith. Of all places, Keith. Keith's a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was probably the best thing that happened to Keith for a very long time. But yeah, it's uh, they've they've 
I think you're right. It is, it's a territory now. It, that's they're bringing the big names for the for the big pops, the big tickets, and then just just plug away and have their guys. And then they're bringing guys like or they bring up guys like Caleb, who, to be honest, if anyone's going to um, top Aspen in my my list of, of wrestlers in Scotland, Caleb might just do it. Because I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle. He's just. If you look at him and see and see how you think he might wrestle, that's how he wrestles. He's just a big fucking dude who throws people. I just remember me and Mark used to just call him Triple H. It shows when he was when he was just like the, doing security and stuff. He's like, oh, there's Triple H. Yeah, there's, there's, there's Triple H. Um, but yeah, like he just he just doesn't look like anything else on the independence in Scotland. Like, it's just, it's like, oh, he's a wrestler. Like, a lot of people, you kind of go, oh, I wonder what they do. But I mean, like, oh, he's a wrestler. That is a, as a wrestling man right there. Uh, so, to wrap up our love for WrestleZone, what's been your favourite event, match, storyline? What's, what's been your favourite stuff for WrestleZone? Oh, um, there's, there's a few. I think favourite event would be the ballroom. The second year they did the ballroom, that was the one with Jester in the main event with, with Craig, wasn't it? Um, Scotty versus Bredo. Well, that wasn't the main event, but yeah, Scotty, Scotty versus Bredo. Yeah, yeah, Sex back to Scotty, right? Yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought you were talking about Scotty Swift there, and I was like, when did that <laughs> happen? Um, right, so yeah, so that year, because I had front row seats, and it was brilliant. And then, obviously, the, the main event with Jester and, and Crabe, that story was just unreal. Um, and it's one of those things where... You kind of expect it, like as a smart fan, you kind of expect, oh, it's a family show, it's the big payoff of the year, you know, the good guy's going to win, and then the good guy didn't win, and you're like, oh my god. Um, so yeah, that, that one there. And then from just a one that probably no one even knows about was um, they did a show not long after that in Newton Hill, um, which... Is like for anyone who doesn't know, it's like this wee town between Stonehaven and uh, Port Lethen. Um and essentially there's nothing there apart from like a Tesco. Like that's that's pretty much it. Um, so me and a couple of guys from school, because this is how long ago this was, I was still in school. Um, we got the bus from Union Square. And it was like this tiny little bus. Like for context, I'd never really been out of like where I grew up and like the city centre. And we got this bus on the motorway in the pitch black to Newton Hill. Didn't know where we were going. And I went to the show. Um, and it opened with a battle royal. The winner of the battle royal faced Crabe in the main event for the title. And uh, Team Smash won the battle royal as a team because they both jumped over the top rope at the same time. Um, and they had a handicap match in the main event. And it was brilliant. There's also Scotty Swift versus Damien on that show, um, and that's always a good match. Uh, Team Smash. Again, another thing I'll, I'll probably bring up tomorrow. James um, Medus. <laughs> Gone but not forgotten. Uh, but no, I, I, I've already spoken about it a little bit, but that, yeah, that Jester Crave storyline was just phenomenal. But like you're saying, you think it's going to be the good guy wins, everyone goes home happy. But like Jester had his massive... His, which I was, I was really disappointed to find out that his massive corkscrew is just a tent pitch. 
And when I found out, I was like, oh, it's taking a little bit of the magic away from the corkscrew, to be honest. But but anyway, he, he threatened a photographer with the, with the corkscrew. And yeah. then it's like everywhere, there was like over a thousand people in the ballroom and they were all quiet. Like if it wasn't like a bored quiet, it was like, oh, this hasn't gone right. Something's gone wrong here. The gesture's gone rogue. It's just something's gone wrong. And uh, just just because I have a chance to whinge about it. Uh, but yeah. Jess rolls me money, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully by the time this comes out, he doesn't. <laughs> I <would> hope so. <laughs> I'm just gonna check my emails. Just would felt really badly if I scrolled down my emails and just said paid, and, but no, it hasn't. So Jester, if you haven't paid by now, fucking will watch you. Like he's gonna watch this anyway. Um, but yeah, that uh, the whole Damien leaving Sterling Oil. I mean, that was, I was after yeah. you'd left. That was amazing. And we got a steel cage out of it, with uh, and which also included in the build-up um, a pissed Lee McAllister. It's Lee McAllister, boxer. Lee McAllister, yeah, beat the bullies. Right, <laughs> uh, turning up to the Northern Hotel, smashed out his tits with a with a uh, allegedly uh, smashed out his tits with a <laughs> with a chippy. Because then we left and we left the venue. We're like. Look at me, there's, a quite, there's quite a big like Land Rover or a Jeep sitting outside on the pavement outside the Northern Hotel. Aye, that was him. That was, that was his car. It's <laughs> like, fucking hell, this is just, this is mad. But yeah, in fact, they turned out with Chippy, A, maybe annoyed because I was like, whoa, game changer. We could take food. We could take Chippy into this place. But I think I need to actually knock out a few folk to... to in boxing matches to maybe get the right to to come in, do the fuck I want. Yeah, I don't think anyone was telling him otherwise. No. <laughs> Copy your chips away or I'll batter you. And sausage. Um, yeah, this is spinning off very quickly. So, anything else you want to speak about while we're, we're taking this time here? To Anything you want to plug? Anyone you want to slag? You know what, slag? <laughs> um, God. Allegedly. Uh, well, we mentioned PCW for a bit. Right, and we didn't we didn't quite delve enough into that, um, <laughs> which I, I thought we were, um, which I was I was looking forward to. Um, I bet Andy has some stories about PCW, which we, we we actually went into. But well, well, the one thing that I remembered from like sort of my short time involved with, with Wrestle Ropes, so he's probably got a lot more. Was um, <laughs> I think we put up like a card, a PCW card or something, and then he like messaged going, "Yeah, are you going to pay me?" For using my graphics on your website. I forgot about that until you said, oh, no. Yeah. Holder contact and wrestle ropes to charge him for using his graphics. Yeah, that honestly was one of the most astounding things ever. Because, like, you'd get people often who would, like, be a bit confused about wrestle ropes because it was really big, like... You know the the reach that wrestlers ropes had was was massive, but again there, there was no money being made out of it. Like it was a it was a passion project, um, so you'd get people like especially when we tried to grow the site a little bit because, um, I mean obviously if Andy was here we kind of got a bit more detail about it, but like obviously when we came in it was kind of like cool we'll help out and eventually we kind of became like three people all kind of involved in like the running of it, and we kind of went right let's. You know, try and get as much content and stuff as possible. That uh, ultimately it fell on its arse because you can't rely on anyone. Um, so 
like try to find people to like write stuff and be like, oh, you're a regular at this show. Do you want to start writing, you know, content about this? Um, and they'd be like, oh yeah, like, do you pay? I'm like, no. Like, and that makes sense. But then for like a wrestling promoter who knows, like, this is just a we're just promoting your product. We're just it's a passion project. We're trying to uh, kind of you know have fun and like get eyes on on your stuff to turn around and go, yeah, you owe me money for using my match card on your your website. Uh, absolutely bizarre. Um, but it doesn't surprise me to be honest with him. I mean, if, if if Andy played his cards right, he would have had uh, Chris Masters at his door. And uh... that's a good point, actually. Yeah, <laughs> trying to hide the fact he was smoking. That was that was the weirdest part of that video, is that he he had a he had a fag in his hand and was like hiding it behind his back for whatever reason. Like, as if anyone's going to go, oh, Chris Masters smokes. That's that's, it. that's I, I was, the worst I was like, thing about this video. Um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah. uh, that's the thing, yeah. I mean, like I say, Andy didn't make any money out of it. We mentioned the amount of money he made, eight pounds from the Rev Pro thing. And it's the same with, with my site as well. I don't the only money I make now is from Patreon, but you get something for it. You get this early. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But uh you get this early, that's that's why you pay your money for it. And the only thing I've paid only thing I've made is is that I, mean, I get a free ticket once in a while, once in a blue moon. I might get bumped from if I go to WrestleZone. Occasionally, I'll get bumped at Aberdeen Anarchy from. Um, I'll get in with the pre-show stuff, but I won't sit front row because I haven't paid for. I, I don't. I don't want to sit front row because I haven't paid for a front row ticket. So I'll I'll go in early, but I'll sit back to yeah. watch it. But uh, yeah. We've made nothing out of this, and somehow it's up. To, I think it's like it must be coming close to ten years. I've done this now, and I don't know why I'm still doing it. But here we are. I, mean, I, think, I think for the most part, it is you know, like you said, it's, it's that hobby sort of stuff. And I think I think that's what I really enjoyed about Wrestle Ropes was like as much as I enjoyed writing the odd piece here and there. It was when we started, you know, trying to grow the site, and you know. Do not, if we had got a good bunch of you know people writing on board, I think we could have done a lot more with that. Um, but I think it was just it was too hard to kind of run the site. And I don't know how Andy did it himself for years because yeah. it blows my mind. Is like run the site, doing the results, writing content for it as well. Because ultimately, the results are what get you get you the views. But you know those sort of reviews and articles and stuff kind of keep people on the site if that makes sense mm -hmm. so stuff like that's really important but there's no way you could sit and write articles every week do the results and all that you know especially when there's no money being made from it because again at that point you know we all work full-time jobs and stuff like that so you'd be coming home and then you'd be like right i'm going to try and find a result from a match from or a card from leamington spa or something like that and you're like sit until two in the morning trying to find results um, but yeah, I think it was it was a good laugh. Like it was it was definitely good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like you're saying, I don't know how Andy did it because I just do no. Scotland, and I found it really hard to to keep up to date. And um, it was just yeah, I, I I don't know how how Andy did it for so long. So when he, when he eventually gave up, I don't think well, we we didn't begrudge it anyway because he was having a child and all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, the fact that he got that far 
it made what, over a million views on the site. I think, um, like I say, it was it was ranked number one in Google for British wrestling at one point. Um, it's still, it's, it's still got. Last I checked was a while ago, but even then it was closed for about a year, and it was still getting a thousand views a day. And because yeah, the archive is still there, do you know what I mean? So people can still see it. So yeah, it's and again, it's such an extensive source of of British wrestling stuff, like. The amount of results that are on there is insane. And that was the bit that I always found funny, was I used to watch the live results on WrestleRopes for ICW shows before I could go to the shows. Because, um, I, what was it? I went to my first ICW show, 2014, Fear and Loathing, um, because I turned 18. Um, that year, and I don't like to break the rules. Um, but I mean, to be fair, more it was more like the fact I didn't want to travel all the way to Glasgow to be like, no, um, I probably could have got in because I don't ID people anyway, um, but uh, I didn't want to risk it. So until I turned 18, it was like, right, let's watch wrestles ropes and like watch all the results coming through, which is baffling to then think I was then involved with it. Um, mm-hmm. and you're probably the same because it was such a big thing in, in sort of the British independence. Was was WrestleRopes? It was like this. Everyone knew about it, and some other sites also used it as their source for their results, even though they wouldn't admit it. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember finding about that out very quickly when I when I joined. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't know how we did the live results either because I tried once, maybe twice to do it, and it's just so difficult to get someone that will actually send you the results quickly. Yeah. And and then you got to sit for three hours. You can't go anywhere because you have to try and get the results in as quickly as possible. And um, no, and, I mean, Andy's not here. You'll probably be embarrassed if we did it while he was on, in the call. But he's he's done a lot for British wrestling that I don't think will ever get the credit that yeah. it, it would have, it, it should get. Um, that seems like a really poignant way to, to kind of, Kind of start wrapping things up. That and I need to pee because I've been drinking, um, which is a Bosch Pit special. I think that's when kind of his Mickey's shows kind of start to wind down. Um, before I go though, yeah, you tried your hand at wrestling. That's why we call you Strong Kyle. Oh God, how did that? What? What? How did that go? Did it I give mean, you a, a greater appreciation for for wrestlers? Oh no, one hundred percent. Like, so the way it worked is it. It's always something I wanted to do, right? And it's something that I've never properly closed the door on. It's something I'd probably end up giving it another bash because I feel like I've never properly tried it. I was young and stupid. Um, but when GPWA first opened up, um, and this is this is my thinking, I don't know why. I knew wrestlers only existed. I knew they had an academy. But I feel like for I didn't really know much about it and there wasn't that much online about it. Obviously now it's very clear they post about it. They have a web part of the website. You can just go and apply and stuff like that. But it was kind of all like word of mouth with sort of the wrestling academy. Like they had their adverts at shows, but it was like, oh, if you want to do it, you know, come speak to us. And I was like, absolutely not. Um, even if I want to be a wrestler, I'm not going to go and speak to a random stranger. Um, so danger, danger. Exactly. <laughs> um, but when GPWA opened, they kind of, you know, put it out online being like, oh yeah. And it was it was quite cheap. It was like a hundred pounds for the eight week induction period, which was, you know, quite 
reasonable, I would say, anyway, um, for, for wrestling training, especially when you look at, like, America and, like, the fact they pay, like, two grand for, like, training and stuff like that. Um, so I remember thinking, right, I've got the money, I've got the time, let's get a bash. Um, and ultimately, right, I wish I stuck at it when I went there because I feel like that was my best chance to kind of do well at it because I was younger and uh, in better shape. But again, I I didn't really take it that seriously. Um, the reason I stopped going, right, is the funniest part of it all. It's nothing to do with, oh, it was too hard or all this. It was very hard and it was, you know, like you'd wake up in pain the next day and anyone that does wrestling will tell you that. Um, but I was travelling for Aberdeen every weekend for this, right? Um, it was originally on a Sunday, at 11 o'clock in Glasgow, right? So I had to get the 6 o'clock megabus. Oh, no, sorry. I had to get the 6 o'clock train because there was no buses on a Sunday to Glasgow, um, which meant I had to get up at, like, half four after working till like, 10 o'clock the night before, then get the bus down. And for the most part, I was sitting shit myself because I was like, oh, no, I'm going to go train. Um, and then get into Glasgow for like a like 10 or 9 10 and then go train at 11 for like three hours and then get the bus back and doing that every week was like the worst thing ever and I was happy to do it I enjoyed what I was doing but then they changed the day of the training to the Saturday and I was like that is a pain in the arse and I needed to go and change all my buses speak to my work about changing my days off and that and in reality like, this is what I've learned is like being a, an adult that can function in society now. At this point, I was an awkward teenager that didn't like to speak to people. In reality, if I just went, oh, by the way, that doesn't really work for me, like, they would have probably accommodated it. But I remember just being like, nah, right, cool, I'm just not going to go back. And I just didn't go back. Um, so, yeah, I did like a few weeks, uh, it was probably like five weeks or something like that of the induction period and then never went back. Um, and I always said to myself, well, what I'll do is I'll eventually just start training up here, which didn't anytime soon. Um, and then obviously didn't do anything like that. That was, what, 2014? No, 2015, I want to say. And then uh, it was one time, I think WrestleZone were doing inductions and stuff like that, and that was when they started putting more of an emphasis on, right, here's our training school, apply online, and then come and all that. So I did that. Um went to my induction um, where I haven't listened to uh, Mickey's Mosh but um, Dino Del Monte thought my name was Larry um, or Zach um, because it was definitely me who was there uh, which was cool they showed you about the facility by the way WrestleZone's training facility is unreal like for for like the recognition they, they, they don't get like their training school's really good, and you can tell that's why they've got such good guys coming through. Um, and I remember like being like, "This is really cool. This is oh, class. Can't wait to get started." And then <laughs> the next week was like my first proper training session, and I was still going to ICW regularly. It was on a Monday night, so I'd been in. I was in ICW the night before, then travelled down, or travel back home the next morning, um, and then went training. So I was knackered, and then. The thing with wrestling training is it's so much conditioning. That's the real hard part, especially when you're a lazy bastard, right? So 
I remember doing like loads of like core exercises and I genuinely felt like I was dying like the next day. Like at the time I could do it all, it was fine. But I remember the next day just being like, oh my God, I don't think I can stand up. Like I genuinely feel, I went, nah, I'm not going back. And I just never went back. Um, so I've, in terms of training, I think I've had a, a cumulative like six weeks um, of rest and training. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's something I probably, if I took more seriously, I probably would go back and, and give it a bash. But um, yeah, it's it was it was an interesting time. But yeah, I think it did give me that appreciation of like how hard wrestling is and the condition you need to be in to, to kind of even just do the basics, which is which is wild. Uh, right, I'll take a quick second because that story went far longer than I thought. I thought I could do a wrap up, but I really need to go to the toilet. So <laughs> we'll be a second, we'll speak more, and then do a wrap up. So if you want to plug yeah. anything in the meantime, go for it. I was genuinely sitting there thinking, is he taking the piss? I said I need to pee, and he's going through the longest story ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I could talk forever. Like, <laughs> give me a topic and I can just talk. So, yeah. Place my teeth are underwater. Right, yeah. Uh, so, so, smoke mate training. Um, what's what's your hopes for the future when it comes to wrestling? What do you want to do? Do you want to do more of this podcast and stuff, Twitch stuff? Yeah. Um, what, where's, your, where's your kind of thoughts lying when it comes to this landscape of wrestling? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much my plan, um, is, like I said earlier, is, is to kind of focus sort of the content I've been doing on kind of wrestling stuff, because I think it wasn't until kind of WrestleMania weekend I kind of found my passion again for wrestling, so I think it was kind of underlying at that point. So yeah, that's pretty much the plan, is to uh, get, you know, back up to speed with my content, get more wrestling stuff, eventually grow my channel to the point where we're doing wrestling videos my plan really is to kind of do more long form kind of you know here's what happened kind of videos so um, i'm currently working on a video about five star and the controversies behind that um so that's the kind of thing i'm going down and then my streams will kind of be you know it's a fun place to kind of hang watch wrestling all that sort of stuff but that's the plan i might end up going back to wrestling training at some point you never know i might end up uh, world champion at some point you never know Undisputed wrestlers on champion Larry and or Zach. I'll I'll take it. <laughs> uh, we didn't even get to speak about five star with Andy, which I'm sure they probably did. I think they did contact Wrestle Ropes at some point. Probably. Oh, I think they. I'm sure they did. I um, I remember I remember Andy talking about uh, Hinkles or whatever his name is at some point. So yeah, I've got a feeling they did contact him at some point for something. Um, I, I love speaking about Five Star. It's just one of those morbid curiosities where I'm not even like, I enjoyed what I watched for the most part. But when I every time I hear a story, I mean, the underlying thing is all the boys got paid. That's, that's the important thing. All the guys got paid. All good. 
so we get to enjoy the calamity of the whole thing itself because um, we know that nobody really got hurt in all this except Dan Hinkles, uh, who whose business partner allegedly um, left him in the mud with a shit ton of debt. Well, um, yeah, all I'm going to say is uh, Companies House has, uh, you know, all companies' financial information um, on there that's been registered. So um, I'd recommend that you have a look at it and do whatever you want with that. Uh, it's not my information to share. I actually use that for my, my old job, so I might actually just have a wee rumble through it. Um, but yeah, five stars, amazing. Um, we mentioned your love for Aspen. Any other particular favourites maybe that people don't know? that they should check out? Um, big fan of deathmatch stuff, um, which is ironic because one of my favourite people in wrestling is Jim Cornette, um, who obviously hates that stuff. Um, but yeah, um, deathmatch stuff's probably my favourite. Um, in particular, anyone that does it, uh, not in particular, to be honest. Um, I think when it comes to the individual names, sort of everyone's kind of on a level playing field with me for the most part. Um, in terms of older stuff, I really enjoy Bruiser Brody, sort of Terry Funk, those sort of like old Bruiser Stan Hansen, that sort of stuff as well, from back in like the old uh, old Japan stuff. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a bit of an eclectic taste for that sort of stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll run, we'll, we're, we're over two hours now, so I will we'll run it down with two most stupid questions that we ask on this podcast which I'm sure if you've listened to the back catalogue of our episodes which you have you'll know what they are uh, first one of course is <clears throat> what's your favourite dinosaur not a big dinosaur guy right I'm going to be honest right and I know I know um, yeah. <laughs> I know um, but I do enjoy it sounds very basic right but I do enjoy a T-Rex right purely because of their tiny arms and I find that really funny like there's something really humorous about that just this massive like oh monstrous animal with tiny arms is that thing on, on Google when you're not connected to the internet it's a little dinosaur trying to, to, to grab something because it can't reach yeah. so it's, this is a horrible fucking image <laughs> take my strong hand ah, and then other one of course is what would win a fight two sheep or one cow uh, as an Aberdonian I'm going to have to go with a sheep I, I did think as much it was going to be that's going to be the two sheep that has to be uh, we won't delve into that any further because I'm sure there'll be there'll be uh, folk in the central belt that can I wonder why he's picking sheep yeah uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so I guess I think we've pretty much covered everything that we, we want to at this stage. I'm sure we'll, we'll end up eventually having a part two, um, and we can we can quiz Andy on five star. And but did we did we get we we collectively got free tickets for the love of wrestling one time, but none of us could go because it was like the day before they contacted us. I went, yeah. Hey, do you want two tickets to for the love of wrestling? Like, yeah, I'd love to. When's it? Tomorrow. It's quite, it's quite ironic because me and Kaylee have spent a shit ton of money on tickets for the for that next year, ironically. So we're done with freebie now. I know. I kind of, I kind of want to go, but I go. I don't trust it'll happen. Yeah, there's there is an option to get your tickets insured and stuff like that um, on the thing. So we've done that. So either way, we're not we're not losing out. We're losing out on experience if it doesn't happen. But that's it. 
Yeah, but I'm sure we'll have you back on again with just yourself or with Andy because we'll speak about your WrestleMania experiences. Because of course, we just found there's a tease. Um, you got a Scottish wrestling sign on WrestleMania, and everyone went mental for it. I did so, indeed. So we'll probably speak about that for another time. There's your teaser for you, people. Uh, but again, thank you for joining me. We didn't get Andy's contact information out on social media, although he doesn't really use it, so I don't think he'd mind if we didn't actually put that out there. Uh, but where could we, we, we can... Oh, my God. Fucking everywhere tonight. Where can people find you on social media if they want to, or Twitch or whatever? Yeah. Um, so pretty much everything is Kyle What UK. Um, main things I would push people to is my YouTube channel, um, again, Kyle Watt UK, Twitch as well, um, and Twitter's probably the, the one I use the most. And if you like any of the shite that I've spoke, then my Twitter is definitely the place for you. If you like Aberdeen and vague tweeting, uh, our souls and wrestling. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. But yeah, thanks for joining me today. You're absolutely welcome.